Hey everyone, Dan's running a little late. Anyone uh, keep Heidi waiting? See this, Heidi? <laughs> this could be all yours. <laughs> um, Dan will be with us shortly. I put down in the chat some of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk about why is it that Dan Aguirre, I mean, he really hates, hates Taylor Swift. Patrick Mahomes and the entire Chiefs kingdom. I'm not that way. Oh, he just sent me a note. Please don't mention that orgy I was at last Friday. <laughs> okay, I won't. Um, I mean, a lot of us have a you know envy right towards the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and their celebrity status that they've basically now surpassed the 85 Bears just by virtue of the fact that they've won. Uh, two out of the last three Super Bowls. And the 85 team is going to forever be the number one single-season NFL team, best NFL team for a single season. But now, you know, we're talking about a dynasty. So I understand Dan being envious, but I'm talking about hate with a capital H-A-T-E. That's where he's at. Anyway, so we'll talk to him about that when he gets here. Johnny Santucci has a new Bear State of Affairs, uh, and he will be popping in probably an hour from now. And uh, we've also going to talk a lot about what the local sports radio shows have been saying the last couple of days, but also taking a look at the national media as well, get, get a taste for them. We love to talk about sports media, local and national, on this particular show. We like talking about, you know, sex and beer and drugs and rock and roll and soul music and whatever. Uh, thank you, uh, Cody. Cody says that there was a great uh, show with uh, Greg Gabriel and Jerry Angelo. So if you're looking for a serious football show, you should stop watching this one and then go to Barroom Network Archive Show and watch uh, Gabriel Talks Football. He interviews Jerry Angelo today. Uh, if you like uh, fart jokes and stuff like that, this is the place to be. All right, let's let's get the show on the road. Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, 
tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. My name is Aldo Gandia. Joining me shortly will be Dan Aguirre. He's over taking care of a couple last-minute things at his other job, and so we're really looking forward to talking to Dan and getting his heated thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, and all of that stuff. Um, before he gets here, I want to say something about Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. I think I'm on record. I think most people know that I, if I was the general manager of the Chicago Bears, based on what I know right now, I would lean towards retaining Justin Fields, trading the number one overall draft pick for a huge haul, because apparently a lot of people in the media are saying this is going to be a, haul, a huge haul, a generational haul. Well, I'm in favor of doing that and improving the overall football team and still having a good quarterback and potentially a quarterback who could become great under new offensive coordinator, uh, playing along with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison or one of the other top receivers in this draft, playing with the left tackle or other new offensive linemen who can give him time. You know, there's, there's factors here that can get Justin Fields to progress. Is he ever going to be Patrick Mahomes? No. And we'll, uh, some of the radio station guys are talking about that. The expectations that Patrick Mahomes, you know, that the Bears can find another Patrick Mahomes are, are unrealistic. And they are. They, they fucking are. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was 10th in the first round. Uh, Tom Brady was in the sixth round. So, you know, those high echelon quarterbacks, uh, Joe Montana, third rounder, you know, that's a crapshoot. And uh, there's so many question marks regarding Caleb. Do I love the talent? Absolutely. Am I one of those Justin Fields stick suckers? Absolutely not. Give you proof. This is me watching uh, the Bears and Vikings this year. I typically am very active on social media that day, uh, showing some highlights in my commentary. So, uh, you're all going to remember this play. This is what's infuriating about my quarterback, Justin Fields. This is three seconds, four seconds. You got 25 right there. Throw it to him and allow him to try to make a play to pick up the first down. And then on the end zone look, we see that DJ Moore was open and he didn't pull the trigger. So what is he? what is going in, on inside Justin Fields' head? Why does he sometimes grow into a fog and doesn't make the play when it's there. It is infuriating. I love the guy. I want him to be my franchise quarterback, but I have to criticize what I see. Here's the DJ Moore. Here is when he should throw it. Right there, right there, right there. Throw it. And just in case you don't agree with me, because I when I posted this on Twitter, people were saying, there's no window there to throw it, Justin. Yes, there is. Here's the DJ Here it comes. Watch. Here is when he should throw Right there. 
That's where you throw the ball. The linebacker number 58 is drifting to his right. He's got his left arm out, but you're anticipating DJ Moore in between number 58 and the hash marks, and that ball's got to fly right there. He's bouncing. He's looking at him. Why don't you throw the fucking ball, Justin? And so what we're hoping is, is that Shane Waldron is going to take care of that, that with the a fourth year of NFL experience that he's going to finally start to get it, that he's finally going to come around. And if he doesn't and you miss out on Caleb Williams, you're probably not missing out on the on the uh, excellent uh, generational talent. He might be good. He might be great. But I'm willing to take a chance on Justin Fields in 2024 and pick up lots of draft assets for that number one overall pick. That's what I'm citing for right now. I could change my mind. I've done it before. I've changed wives three, four times. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aguirre, how are you, my friend? Hey, do you think Republicans talk more about Reagan than we do the 85 Bears? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they've forgotten about Ronald <laughs> with the way the politics are going now. But why, why do you bring that up? <laughs> oh, God, in the other studio, Levin's going off, or Levine, whatever his name is, is going on this... No, they, they they pretended to be Reagan supporters, but we know who they were and who they weren't. I'm like, what year is this? But okay. <laughs> wow, you know, man, the politics talk is just gonna get nuts. You know, we think that this Caleb uh, Justin stuff is driving us nuts, or the Taylor Swift stuff is driving us nuts. Wait till we get really into the heat of. Uh, uh, by the way, did you see John Stewart's? Uh, he's back on the Daily Show. Yeah, it's like once a week or something, right? Yeah, every Monday, he did a fantastic job of skewering uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. These two fucking old guys, dude. I mean, they don't remember nothing, nothing, man. Yeah, I it's... I don't remember how to speak English, so... It's, <laughs> it's, it's bad, man, for sure, like on both sides. And I'm not playing both sides-ism when I say that. I mean, the mental acuity of either gentleman, whoever side you're on, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're talking about Obama, you know, or even Romney. Right. Like younger yeah. gentlemen. So, yeah. I mean, you know, when Reagan was in office the second time, there were all these stories about his mental capacity being diminished. You know, he, he was old, he was shocked, you know, and a lot of that was legitimate. There's actual videotape of people whispering into his ear for what to say. It could have been because bad hearing. It could have been because early onset of Alzheimer's, which we know he had. It was bad. Now it's twice as bad because both of the candidates are are, are, are failing. But enough about politics. I want to start the show, Dan, by telling everyone that you were so fucking happy to see Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes and Travis oh. Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs celebrating another Super Bowl. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, you know, I was rooting for San Francisco, and, and subsequent to that, of course, I've seen a bunch of people showing all these holding penalties that should have been called, and so I don't want to get involved in that shit. I mean, it's just like I didn't want to get upset. I was talking via text or, you know, to, even though I was watching the game alone, it was sort of, I sort of wasn't paying attention to it. It was kind of like it was on at a bar because sure. I didn't want to get upset. Now, as the game grew closer toward the fourth quarter and overtime, then of course it had my, you know, complete attention, but I didn't want to get emotionally invested. I was like, all right, so they keep showing Taylor. So what? Fuck it. 
fuck it. Fuck, don't get upset. Don't get upset. Uh, early in the game, my takeaway was, I again, that's the same thing I was said when we had Nagy, even though it wasn't Nagy's fault this time. Why do teams just get so away from the running game? I don't know if McCaffrey had a carry in the third quarter. And San Francisco just threw the third period away and and then you know between the special teams mistake and then the extra point miss that's why they lost the game that's why they lost the game we, we wouldn't even be in overtime but i can't take anything away from mahomes man i mean he drove down the field they scored he did what he had to do to win there was no controversy like last year's super bowl or the afc championship so i can't complain in that regard i still say Going into next year, the only way I'll watch him play is if it's the Super Bowl, which God forbid that happens again, or against the Bears, which won't happen next year. So I will not watch a Patrick Mahomes game next year. So you are boycotting Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, any game that you know for sure he's going he's to quarterback, you're just boycotting it. If for some reason I'm there, because I hope that we go to a game, mm -hmm. you know, next year together. If for some reason I'm with you and you're watching a game, I'm not going to just walk out of the room. If I'm at a bar, I'm not going to leave the bar. If a friend's watching, if a friend's like, no, let's watch Kansas City and the Harbaugh and the Charge. Okay, okay. But if it's up to me, I'm not watching him. Okay, I don't want to so be upset. I don't want to. I, I hate this team. I loathe them. So if you're at home and the Bears have the nationally televised afternoon game and your local station is beaming to you the Chiefs and the Patriots, you're fuck that. Chiefs no way. Chargers, I don't give a shit. No way. I'll, I'll just stay home and beat off and miss Sunday night football then. Well, I don't blame you there. If you're going to beat off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss all their nationally televised games. I, I, I'm tired. That's how much they make me unhappy. But I'm not full of shit in the sense that I can, I mean, San Francisco had, I don't know how many plays that last drive was. Just get a stop, man. You got a Super Bowl. Just stop him. And they, they had a fourth down. When when he ran on that fourth down and picked up the first down, I knew they were in trouble because uh, momentum is fickle like that. So I, I don't want to take anything away from them. They earned the game, and I applaud them for that. Uh, but I, I I don't I don't like their soap opera. I don't hate Taylor Swift I acknowledge, in the sense that I acknowledge she's the biggest pop star in the world. That doesn't mean I want her to shove down my fucking throat another season. God, we've had too much of that already. And I'm not anti-woman. I'm not anti-anything. It's just I don't want that soap opera. Hopefully, they'll break up in the offseason. <laughs> well, you do uh, you know, understand, though, that she has been great for NFL ratings. In fact, NFL Media released this today. This was a record-setting Super Bowl. Total undupl unduplicated audience of 202 million people, highest on record, and up to a 10% increase from last season. 127 or 123 million on TV and digital, the most watched telecast ever, the most streamed Super Bowl on record. And people are saying that this was the most watched network television event since the lunar landing back in 1969 when there were wow. only four channels so you know that's because of the galactic power of taylor swift you had a bunch of young girls watching this game they didn't know what was going on they were learning what was going on but they wanted those shots that you that made you sick they wanted those shots of taylor either cheering or crying or whatever the fuck she was doing yeah, but imagine for just a moment. Now, I I don't because I know you like Kansas City, and that's fine. I respect that. But just imagine for a moment that this was a team you didn't like. 
Mm-hmm. Let's sure. just say she was dating Aaron Rodgers, and it's like three seasons ago or something. Oh. And every time, it just it. God, I I know everything you said. I acknowledge everything you said with the numbers and all that. And and Goodell was talking about how it was good for football. Okay, I get that. But just imagine if this was a team that you loathed, and that just set it off, man. Just on top of everything else, a player you didn't want to see. I don't like the stupid fucking redneck tight end who's yelling at Andy Reid either. I don't like Kelsey. I don't like Mahomes. I don't like the fucking logo. I don't like Chiefs Kingdom. I don't like anything to do with them. I love Fuck. that logo. I hate yeah. their fucking organization. I'll quote John. They said John Madden hated that horse they used to have, and I hate them too, even they don't have the horse anymore. But still, Madden hated them. I hate them too. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. It's okay. You have your three Super Bowls. Please go away now. We don't want to back to back to back. You probably do, but I don't. By the way, did you see that Super Bowl pregame uh, feature, a little mini movie that they had about Al Davis? Clearly you didn't. No. Okay. They did it like a 10-minute, uh, maybe less than that, little film about Al Davis's influence on the NFL. And it was really well done. It was done like a little movie. And the guy that played John Madden, man, he nailed it. He fucking sounded like he could do the video games. He was so good and looked a lot like the younger John Madden. It was really good. Got to try to find that on uh, on YouTube. If I find it, I'll send it over to you. Hey, quick question. Uh, I hate to ask a technical thing on air because the people listening or watching don't give a shit, but do I sound okay? You know, you sound like, great. You, sound you know great. how when we would be watching uh, before Tooch switched his internet and it would be breaking up? That's the way you're doing to me. I didn't know if it was my fault or not. No, no, I, I, it's got to be on that. And my signal is strong according to my little calculator. Well, just as long as you can hear me, I, I don't care if it breaks up a little bit. I can hear you well enough. Perfectly. And uh, Jay Grizz says, uh, it looks like in that photo that I used today uh, for you, it looks like he says uh, that it looks like you're getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll just tell you I was. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Thank you, Doc. I love that shirt, though. I, I bought it. Oh, uh, love it. The, the first day that Fox coached us, we lost to Green Bay on opening day, and he wore that shirt. And we wore the 40s throwbacks, and I bought that shirt because Fox wore it, and I thought it looked smooth. I love it. That it's is the beautiful. same shirt that John Fox wore. Jay Grizz, man, he is funny as all. <laughs> he says it really looks like he's at work getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I am pretty happy in that photo, right? <laughs> you really are. <laughs> Clearly, you were not listening to a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> Now, again, that's the thing. I, I can acknowledge her impact on pop music. That's fine. I just, with football, it's driving me nuts. Would you like it? Let's say Justin Fields returns next year. I think he, we all know he's still single. I think he is. Anyway, would you like it if he started dating a global superstar? I don't know, Lady Gaga or, who, or whoever. And that type of attention that Kel, the Kelsey and Taylor Swift are getting that was not transferred over to Justin Fields and Lady Gaga or or uh, Cole Komet and fucking, I don't know, Halle Berry or something. Oh, you know? man, I'd love to see Halle Berry every day. Or uh, <laughs> or uh, Lady Gaga, too. It's a different audience. They're, yeah, You know that dance that Taylor Swift was doing, that side-to-side shit at the, Do- the Dolphins playoff game? That made me sick, man. Like This is like everything it's like wrong with the world was happening right there. Like I don't want to see that ever again. And if that may, if that means we have to see 
Lady Gaga, at least she wouldn't do that. No, she wouldn't she, do that. So I, I'm okay if Fields is getting, you know, some pop star pussy. Maybe he can take Sierra from Russell Wilson because they're fucking annoying together. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, as Dobbsy says, the Bears indeed are getting, uh, well, they never get national attention, so bring it on. But I'll tell you one thing, Dobbsy, they're getting national attention now. You know, all of this talk about what is going to happen, this is the hot topic. Local media is is even talking about the national media's response to the Chicago Bears having the number one overall pick. What are they going to do? I got a little clip here from Rich Eisen talking about that very same thing, and I'll play it for you as soon as I load it up. And here she comes. I just think at the end of the day, they'll have to look themselves in the mirror and say, is our current quarterback somebody that can go to the biggest game if we can possibly get there and outduel Patrick Mahomes? Because more than likely, he's going to be there. <laughs> Seems like Honestly. It. I, mean, I mean, chances are. He's gone to 67% of them so right. far. Brady went to 50% of the ones, basically, in his tenure as a starting quarterback. Yep. So if Mahomes is going to have the same sort of run, you got to figure out who's going to be the one that could put us in that category. That can stand toe to toe. Like Josh with Allen, you know, like another Ohio State quarterback, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Lamar. Lamar. No, I mean, well, Lamar just lost, but right. no, but the I guess the the guy who's got that extra ability, and Justin Fields has shown it. How can they say Josh Allen with a straight face? The dude fucking melts in crunch time. I know that he's got better stats than our guy, but dude, Josh Allen has accomplished nothing. Nothing is right. Absolutely. Nothing. Mm-hmm. That dude gets so much love and he throws as many picks as anybody. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying he's not better than Justin, mm-hmm. but if you're going to say, oh, like Josh Allen, like Josh Allen, what's Mahomes like fucking 19 and one against him? Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck like Josh Allen. Josh Allen needs to be. They should ask him that. What can you do to beat Patrick Mahomes? Nothing? Okay. Nothing. Nothing. You could have home field advantage. You could have snow. You Nothing. You can't win. It's like Adrian when Rocky was about to go fight Drago. And she says, you can't win. <laughs> That's Josh Allen. You can't win. I love it. I love it. You're absolutely right. I mean, you look at who beat Tom Brady. You know, um, Nick Foles. So uh, Eli Manning. Eli Manning twice, right? He won two Super Bowls. Were both against the Patriots? Uh, yes. Look at and uh, and uh, Peyton started beating him a little bit too in some of the championship games. Early on, he couldn't beat him, but he beat him a few times. Right. I. This is why I feel we should invest in Justin Fields because. Eli Manning, at his best, is better or was better than the present Justin Fields. But in my heart of hearts, in being unbiased, I believe Justin Fields can surpass the the playing uh, accomplishments of Eli Manning as a quarterback and surpass them, meaning then he's good for two or three Super Bowls with the Bears if you surround them with the right talent, the right play caller, and so forth. What do we have in Caleb Williams? Fuck, we could have Jamarcus Russell or we could have Patrick Mahomes. Highly unlikely, you know, somewhere in the middle probably. 
That's why this whole thing about just blindly picking Caleb Williams, and somebody in one, one of the radio cuts says, I bet you a lot of people haven't even seen Caleb Williams play a full fucking game, and they're already preaching for him. I, I I don't understand it. You know, this love for the shiny new thing. When we have someone that we've been developing, does this bother you, uh, Dan Aguirre? Does it bother you that Danny uh, Parkins, whose show I love, but this move really bothered me. He goes on radio. Oh, I saw this on Twitter. What, does this bother you? For one, 13 is the number that's in use right now. No, granted, Caleb Williams could probably buy it. Uh, from Scott, but yeah, that bothered me. And, but I will say it does seem like that everything you're hearing report wise, is like, well, the bears have to be blown away not to take him. It seems like the momentum is like in the Caleb Williams category right now, which is surprising because after Kingsbury went to Washington, I thought that that, that would start to at least, uh, instigate some talk, the catalyst for a potential trade, but Everything seems to be pointing toward Williams now to the point where I'm a little demoralized by it. However, I know if they draft him, he's, he's got to be the guy I root for. But right now, I I don't want him. I don't want him, man. I know that'll make piss Stephen May or me off or whatever the fuck. But. <laughs> well, and what do you think about what Zach says here, uh, saying that he, there's no evidence suggesting that Fields is going to be Eli Manning or better? What do you think of that? Well, I mean, well, Eli won the Super Bowl out of nowhere in his fourth season. They were nine and seven and ran the table. Then they didn't make the playoffs again for another four years. Fields could do that. And Fields is going into his fourth year now, and he was only 24. Takes time sometimes. And as you've pointed out so many times, the Bears went bare fucking bones, no pun intended, two years ago and stripped everything away. Like and he had the absolute minimum support, not just on offense, but defense too. So they didn't want to win any games in 2022, as we know. So if you throw that year away, then he was, he was shockingly good in the run game at the time and average at the pass game in 23 and then 24, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I mean, it, it showed, it, it seemed progressive. He was progressing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I, that's what I think. You know, I, now I know this is a big gamble. I know it's a big fucking gamble. You know, you don't want to, if Caleb Williams is that next generational star, starter, you don't want to be the GM and say, yeah, I fucking passed up on CJ Stroud. Well, a lot of people would have, so I don't blame him too much on that. That was a bit of a surprise. But now you're being told this guy is the next Patrick Mahomes, the next superstar generational talent. You're being told that. But there isn't a next Patrick Mahomes. I, I totally agree with you. Totally. There isn't another Mahomes. I mean, the same way there wasn't another Brady. There wasn't another Manning. There wasn't another Elway or Montana. These are just singular guys mm -hmm. that you can put in your hands the last 40 years that were great, great quarterbacks. There were a lot of good quarterbacks, but there were probably 10 to 15 great ones in the last 40 years. Mahomes should not be the standard here in the sense that even if you win a Super Bowl, he's probably not going to match the statistical greatness of Patrick Mahomes. So why do we – it's like trying to say who's the next Jordan. There is no next fucking Jordan. Maybe Kobe. Okay, maybe LeBron. But that's it. There, right. that, you could still be a great player and not be Jordan, though, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I was thinking about that just the other day. There is no closer player to the majesty of Michael Jordan than Kobe Bryant. And the reason that happened was because Kobe was calling him, you know, once a week, asking him questions, and he was modeling his game after him. He was modeling his off-the-court and on-the-court behavior as Michael Jordan. I mean, this guy really dedicated his life to being better than Michael Jordan and starting by duplicating and replicating everything Michael Jordan was was doing. But that's a different story for another day. Um the, the, the whole Caleb Williams thing is a bit annoying because I do feel like a lot of his supporters have just watched highlight film. I can't wait to get into this draft process and have some of the best people in the business start to break down that tape. I can't do it because I, I don't know enough about the techniques of football. I'm a student of the game. But, you know, to have Danny Shimon and Greg and guys like Kurt Warner or whatever break down that tape, I'm really, really interested in seeing that and learning more about this game. I've seen maybe two and a half USC games with Caleb Williams as a quarterback. One of them was the Notre Dame game, so you can understand why I'm a little fucking hesitant about that. And the other one was another loss the game where I forgot who they were playing, but he's uh, crying in his mom's shoulder for like 10 minutes. And that felt staged. It did. It felt like felt he did weird. that for the cameras. It was like a Tim Tebow prayer. It was yeah. just like, hey, show me praying, you know? Mm -hmm. and let, me, let me ask you a quick question, though. And, and this is to the people that are anti-fields. And again, maybe you disagree with me. I'm not even saying my opinion. On Sunday... If San Francisco has Justin Fields instead of Brock Purdy, do they win the Super Bowl? Justin Fields instead of Brock Purdy. Um, man, that's a great question. I have no faith in Brock Purdy. I'm just saying. He led a team to the Super Bowl. I'm envious. Color mm -hmm. me fucking green. I think that guy's inability to make a play in the third quarter, again, when they're passing every down, which is Shanahan's fault, not Purdy's. Right. But I just think this guy... Man, he's he's like he's Rex to me. He's like he can make some plays, but he's not. You know, I loved Grossman, but he's Rex. He's he's not a great player. And I loved again. I loved Rex because he was a bear. But that's who Brock Purdy is. You put an elite athlete like Fields out there. Oh man, they have a chance to beat Kansas City, in my opinion. Well, you know, the reason why that's such a great question, because, again, you go back to the Nick Foles thing. It was in Philadelphia, it was the system. They had uh, Carson Wentz and then Nick Foles play at a very high level, and then they bring in Jalen Hurts, and he, he plays at a high level. That's the organization. That's the system. That's the system quarterback. So Justin Fields, if he could adapt to Kyle Shanahan's system, perhaps – but the biggest problem, I think why everybody is saying no, which is, in my, uh, in, in my opinion, it's a good thing, good reason, is Shanahan blew the game. Like you said earlier, he wasn't calling the run play. Christian McCaffrey should have had 25, 35 carries. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you get away from that Shanahan wide zone run and you, you think you can win by passing in the air against any team, is your, your chances are really going to be bad. Yeah, if I, you – Go ahead. I was just going to say, I probably like Brock Purdy a little bit more than you, but I totally understand your point. If you've got the quarterback that clearly isn't the better quarterback, mm -hmm. I mean, Mahomes is head and shoulders above Purdy, and that's not Purdy's fault. I mean, again, right. Mahomes is on a different level than everybody. But if you've got the disadvantage there, 
And you come from the system that says, hey, we're modeling this run game after Terrell Davis. Mm -hmm. And you got a back that's running well. Then run the fucking ball. Like keep McCaffrey should have been the MVP of the game and San Francisco wins. That should have been the game plan. If you make CMC your 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 MVP, you're gonna go home with the trophy. You try to make Brock Purdy Joe Montana, you're gonna lose. Omar Barrios, my good friend, says, Dan, I can't believe you actually think Justin Fields can beat Patrick Mahomes. I I, I think it's the system. You devise a system to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That team was ripe for the taking, man. They, what did their offense do in the first half? They did jack shit. They had one long pass, but that defense forced a fumble on um, uh, my fellow Puerto Ricano, Isaiah Pacheco, and, you know, they had that game. What about the whole Shanahan not sharing with his team the overtime rules? Do you think that was a factor at all? I didn't even know about that. I've watched zero coverage since Sunday, so uh, uh, enlighten me, please. Well, what happened is, is that the players, San Francisco 49ers players, were asked about the new overtime rules and did that have any impact on their play. And a number of them said, what new overtime rules? In fact, you know, another, another guy said, yeah, we learned about it on the field. So the over, new overtime rules for the Super Bowl is that each team gets a possession and that if both teams score the same amount of points after that possession, then they continue to play. It becomes sudden death. So the uh, players thought it was regular season rules. I mean, and- that's on the players, man. If you and I can be sitting at the in, in the Bears barroom man cave and know the fucking rules, and we're not professional athletes, dude, know the rules. I think it's on the coaching staff. It's their job to communicate this stuff. Like uh, Patrick Mahomes said, oh, my God, in, in his Kermit the Frog voice, oh, my God, I, I, <laughs> I, was so, I was so tired that they kept mentioning it all week long. The overtime rules are this. I was sick of hearing it. I'm like, it's not even going to happen like That's that. That's a good so, impression. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> he was asked, hey, uh, can you do your best Kermit the Frog uh, impression? And in his normal voice, he says, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, okay, I let's play. Uh, what I did, Dan, this week is I divided the clips from the local radio stations. I've got four from the top uh, uh, sta- uh, shows over at the Score and at ESPN One Thousand. So let's play one, and then after we hear what they have to say, you and I will discuss. Okay. Okay. The question now is: It's very clear which quarterback are they going to draft? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the the fields thing has has run its course, but you watch that game, and it's going to be difficult for them. It's difficult for all the teams that are looking for their own Patrick Mahomes. By the way, uh, Dan, your mic is hot, so if you want to say "fuck you," Brad Biggs, uh, feel free. Right <laughs> Everybody will be listening. <laughs> um, yeah, get yeah, that guy that's near that level, but you've got to have that player. If you want to annually chase a championship, you have to have an elite quarterback, a guy that can make up for the shortcomings of the players around him. We talked about poor offensive line play. So here's the thing. Who who fits that bill now? Who fits that bill? Are, Are you talking about Josh Allen, that he gets into the playoffs but doesn't get past the first or second round? 
Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you were saying, you talk about Justin Herbert, who hasn't even been to the playoffs. No, no, he got there once and lost a 27 to nothing lead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. So I, I don't know. You know, it's like, and in some of these other clips, they'll talk about that. It's like you're trying to, you're assuming that Caleb Williams is going to play at a Patrick Mahomes level and get your team to the Super Bowl every year. No. And I believe that Justin Fields can get the Bears to the playoffs every year. And hopefully, this upcoming season will be the year. Do you think before you start the clip, sure. is it just me or is it seemed like it's a foregone conclusion? If you listen to everybody like Haw or that they think uh, that Williams is being drafted, Caleb Williams is being drafted, there's no way that Fields stays. That seems to be the narrative now. Am I wrong? Among the Chicago media, it is definitely that. There's no doubt about it. And Brad Biggs, I think he says it in this clip, says, I've been writing about it uh, for several months now. Fields is gone. Caleb Williams is going to be drafted as the Chicago Bears. And you wonder, you have to wonder with his connections, is he? I don't think he has connections at Hallis Hall that is telling him anything, but he's hearing it from other general managers and scouts that it's a no brainer you have to take Caleb because you're resetting the salary cap and you're getting somebody who can already do what Justin does which is bullshit I don't believe that he's you know what did you hear the Merrill Hodge uh interview about Caleb oh Merrill Hodge was pretty hot about it yep he said the guy is not ready he's not a, a generational player now he he offered the caveat that he's only studied six games, but he has seen enough to think that this guy is inaccurate when throwing on the run, which I will quibble with a little bit, but that he's got a, he, if here's, here's, here's the headline here. If you think that Caleb Williams is going to become Patrick Mahomes, well, you then you better than replicate it, have him sit for a year behind a veteran quarterback and have a head coach who's considered an offensive genius. That's who Patrick Mahomes is. You know what's going to You know what could happen if the Bears draft him? They trade Fields and he starts balling out in Pittsburgh or wherever. Oh fucking hey, of course. And then and then Williams is throwing three or four picks against the Packers and you've combined that with the popularity amongst the team and most of the fan base, at least uh, you know, 51, 52 kind of percent. He's going to be booed out of the building unless he plays great right from the jump. And that's not fair to ask him to play great from the jump. So it just seems like you're setting yourself up for uh, disappointment if you draft him, in my opinion, unless he just comes right out the gates playing great. But who does that? Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen. This guy has never been under center. This guy has got to learn some of the basics of quarterbacking as far as in, on the NFL level. It's going to take him a while. And as I think it was Merrill Hodge who said, or it's actually Keyshawn Jansen, Johnson says, you got two quarterbacks who have the same skill set. Both have strong arms. Both can scramble a lot. Both are, are better on the fly than they are in design plays. You need to bring in a, a, a coordinator who, who appreciates that. All right, you want to hear a little more Brad Biggs, or should we just skip his ass? Uh, I just want to point out that Merrill Hodge sued the Bears at one point. Oh, yeah. And so it's not like he's got some l rosy relationship with the Bears. No. I still think that that's his genuine opinion, though. I do, I do agree with that. But go ahead. Right. Yeah, let's hear Brad. Let's hear Brad. Let's, let's hear just a little more. It's a total of four and a half minutes. If you get bored at any point, let me know. For the you know, Chiefs, I'm not going to get bored. 
particularly early in that game, um, an issue. Who's he throwing the ball to? You know, I know Rasheed Rice, the rookie, right. had a nice um, – he had a nice rookie season. He really did. And he looks like he's going to be a, a, a pretty uh, talented player moving forward. Like the McCall Hardman catches the game winning touchdown. The, the jets dumped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling caught a touchdown pass. So it's the quarterback that raises the level of everyone else up. I mean, that that's the takeaway for me. That's kind of where I'm at. The, uh, the combine is going to start two weeks from today, David. Um, draft preparation is going to hit uh, high gear, and and that's uh, where the Bears are going to be going. You know, we've seen the reports that it would take, what was the term, a historic haul for the Bears to right. trade the pick. Well, here's my interpretation. Hey, guys, um, yeah, we're not going to trade uh, the first pick, but Justin's available we have operators standing by at Hallis Hall right now, uh, so so call now. Hey, call if now. You're interested in Justin? Here's the number. Yeah. No, seriously. Right. Like that's the interpretation there uh, for me. I would love to him, for him to have to eat you. that. I that there's there's no doubt that that report was planted with that in mind because he is open for business. It's unlikely they're going to deal it. And Brad, I do think that's the takeaway. I do think that when you look at what happened last night, it was a reminder, all the conversations that we have about, you know what they could get for that number one overall pick. Yeah, you could build the roster. You could have the best roster in the National Football League, like the 49ers do. And it's still, if you have a better quarterback, a guy who elevates everybody else, you'd rather have that, wouldn't you? Isn't that the biggest takeaway from yesterday? Yeah. And and even Purdy, like Purdy's performance this season, just blows away anything the Bears have had ever, right? Ever, like get the fuck out of here, Purdy season. Yeah, God, turn it off, turn it off. (laughs) I can't take it. Brock Purdy's got a great supporting cast around him, and I don't fault him for that. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Your biggest takeaway from the game is that you need Patrick. Well, fucking Caleb Williams isn't Patrick Mahomes. Even if you think Justin Fields isn't, fucking Caleb Williams isn't either. And it's not fair to either guy to suggest that they are. Why does everybody just assume that Caleb Williams is, though? I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't it. understand. It's like, are they like, is his agent like sucking everybody's dick? Like, why is, <laughs> why does everybody put this guy over? And it's just like, I don't understand. God, I mean, you know, he's not – who knows? Maybe he'll be the guy we're cheering for next year. But it just feels like this is Johnny Manziel here. Oh, my gosh. And that's, you know, Merrill Hodge warned everybody about Manziel. He said, you got to be kidding. This guy's going to be a bust in the NFL. I'm paraphrasing what he said. And, and don't forget Mike North's favorite Mitchell Trubisky was just released another bust. And we've mm-hmm. already made a mistake there. Yeah, indeed. All right, let's listen to what the guys over at the – this was, I thought, interesting. It was uh, Lawrence Holmes making a good point about the basically what we're talking about right now. You might think that you're out here chasing and you're trying to find the next Mahomes. I think that we're not giving Mahomes enough credit for how good he is. His numbers are better than Tom Brady's at age 28. Three Super Bowls, three MVPs. Three all pros. And I More think- impressively, his full season's worth of postseason games 
is its own all-time great season. If you look at Tom Brady's first two Super Bowls, Tom was kind of a passenger. He did he did he was honestly a little bit more Brock Purdy than he was Tom Brady in the first two. And then after that, like once he got comfortable, he he was the engine that was driving the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes has been the engine that's been driving the Patriots since he became a starter. And his resume reveals that. And his resume versus Brady at at the same age reveals that. Like, there's a big gap between those two guys at age 28. Even with Tom winning the three Super Bowls by, by age 28. If you get stuck into chasing that, can you actively build a good team? Do you trick yourself into believing that you're seeing it because you're seeing things that you're seeing a player maybe make some of those plays in college? Like if you wanted to and you want to go look at Justin Fields's. All right. I think we get the gist of what he's saying. You know, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else is going to, you know, Play at that kind of level. It's the perfect storm, too, he goes on to say. It's the perfect storm. You got the coach. You got, you know, the quarterback. You got Alex Smith and so forth. And the Bears don't have that thing. That, that the Again, it leads me to believe that the best route is to find the offensive coordinator who's going to unlock the Justin Fields potential and create a game plan for what he does well and then get other players who do great things well, you know, great, who do things, great things, and, and implement them into the offense, and away you go. Away you fucking go. So, um, Is way. all this we're not, though? Is all of this, like, swimming upstream? It doesn't matter how much we think we're being rational and pointing out the obvious to people that are just completely bought into Williams, and maybe they'll ultimately be right. But are we just saying all this on February 13th for nothing? Is it inevitable that we're going to draft the other guy? See, I don't know that for sure. I, you know, listen to, did you listen hear uh, Kevin Warren talking with Jared Payton today? I did not. Justin has a rare combination of intelligence, of size, of strength, and speed. You forget how big of a, of a man he is until you're up on him. He's not a small man. And so I just think every year he's going to continually get better. Um, and um, so I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Ooh, that's an endorsement, man. Is he saying that because he's trying to drive up his trade value? Or is he saying that? Because he wouldn't mind seeing Justin Fields come back for another season with the Bears. What do you think? That's good. That gives me hope. But again, maybe that's the proverbial three-dimensional chess. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just a smoke screen. And it's just, I guess we'll, we're not going to fucking know. It's We're going to keep having the same show until May, right? Yep. Or late April. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar has a hypothetical for you. Does Jay Cutler play better than Fields with this current roster? I love Cutler, as everybody knows. Uh, Cutler, I think, has more arm talent than Fields, mm-hmm. but I think Fields has the the guys with him. You know, to use a cliche, he's the, the guys want to be in the foxhole with him. And Jay had a couple of guys with him. Kyle Long would fight and beat somebody's ass for him. Brandon Marshall would have beat somebody's ass for him. But, mm-hmm. like, Justin seems to have the whole team. That's an intangible that you can't really pay for. 
So I'm going to say that I'd rather have Justin right now. But again, I think Jay uh, was uh, definitely a better pocket passer. And Jay could run too. People forget that Jay, I mean, he didn't run like Fields could run, but he, he was very capable of running somebody's ass over. See Harrison Smith in 2015. Yeah, exactly. I want to I want to digress here just for a moment because somebody uh, in the chat room said that the the folks over at TTNL, uh, which I'm assuming when they use those initials, they're referring to Phil and Shane, that right. they've kind of talked them into, you know, drafting Caleb. That Justin can't do it and so forth. I think that's that's the narrative that they're offering here. And I said. Uh, back, well, they also tried to convince me that Mitch Trubisky was the right quarterback. And then Jimmy says, that's a pure lie. TTNL was against drafting Trubisky. I was working with those guys. Those two guys were part of the bar room. And the narrative, the actual true narrative is that uh, Phil wanted um, Deshaun Watson. Shane was leaning towards Deshaun Kaiser. And I was the only one that wanted Patrick Mahomes. I said Patrick Mahomes on my board is the best quarterback. On draft night, when Mitchell Trubisky was selected, Phil and Shane were ecstatic. They were fucking throwing balloons. And I'm like, well, I don't understand this. You guys didn't even have him as your number one quarterback, and we traded up for this guy, for a guy that you didn't want as the quarterback? And they said, it doesn't matter uh, Pace went out and got his own quarterback. And I'm like, well, he got the wrong quarterback then because that's what you guys have been telling me about Trubisky. You know, so all of a sudden they just threw that out and they, you know, fandom uh, crept into them and it, it overrode their analytics on Trubisky. They weren't happy about him. In fact, they, they were saying Trubisky is only, this was primarily Phil that was saying this, and it was agreed by uh, Lauren Cox. Trubisky is only being talked about as a number one quarterback because he's white. And maybe that's true because there has been a bias against black quarterbacks for a long, long time. And maybe that was true. I didn't agree or disagree. That was their opinion. So that's the true narrative of what happened during the barroom, Bears barroom uh, days when uh, Shane and, and Phil and Lauren Cox were a part of. Do you remember any of that, uh, Organ? Yeah, or was that yeah, before well, your time? It's a little bit before my time, but I know that uh, 100 proof uh, these discussions were happening uh, quite frequently. So, and much like the, the uh, Watergate tapes, I'm sure you could drag them up if you needed to. I know most of that stuff was taken down as a courtesy as part of the divorce here, but I know you right. still have it. Yeah, I I, I think I do. <laughs> I, I think I do. Anyway. Well, you know, it's like, you know, you could come back to stuff that we've said on this show like three years ago or something. We were, were like trying to put Getsy over when they hired him because, I mean, we oh, had yeah. hope because we're fans. So I'm going to defend them on this one in the sense that, you know, hey, he's the guy they drafted, so let's put him over and let's be let's hope for him. But, you know, like you said, you don't don't I, I haven't watched the show. I'm not saying that's not a show you shouldn't watch. I, I'm not trying to denigrate them. I'm just saying I don't have the time. But yeah, if they really have changed if they're denying what they said back in the day, that kind of sucks. But I mean I mean yeah. I get it though. You know, sometimes you say things and you're like, oh man, I did I shouldn't have 
I was was I really happy when the Bears traded for Rick Meyer? You know, I wasn't. But I'm just saying, um, you know, you you run into things like that, and you're like, I can't believe I felt that. So it's easier to to uh, to just change the narrative and say that's not what I thought at the time. Exactly, exactly. Well, and I wish those guys well. I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm not trying to start a feud. You, somebody um, else was mentioning it. You're just yeah, responding. So I just want to make sure that their analysis of players isn't always spot on. They might make a good argument, but uh, it's not like the results of their assessments are 100% correct. You know, just like Greg Gabriel's isn't. We, we talked about that today. Jerry Angelo was his guest on Gabriel Talks Football, and they talked about some of the disappointments that they had. And Greg Gabriel talked about Michael Haynes, that they mm. drafted him with full confidence that, you know, a smart guy had, 13, 14, 15 sacks at Penn State in his final year, and he came to the Bears, and he just displayed a apathy for the game. Didn't have the love of the game. Didn't have the FBI, football intelligence. Uh, so it, it happens to professionals. It happens to us uh, pretend GMs. That's what I am. I like to pretend I'm a GM from time to time. All right. I got a clip here from Yurkovich, and I forgot what the fuck he's saying, but I thought it was good enough. It's two minutes long. Hey, if somebody like Tomlin – Who's one of the better coaches has been? Oh, yeah, they were responding to a caller. And this caller is saying, well, if Tomlin really wants Justin Fields, because that's the big rumor today that Fields might be moved. Yeah, I've heard this from all my Steeler friends. Yeah. Yeah. So this caller is saying, well, if Tomlin really wants this guy, doesn't that tell us that we should stay with Justin? Here comes their response. Hey, if somebody like Tomlin, who's one of the better coaches has been there for such a long time and you know the dude knows what he's doing is okay going hey we're okay getting rid of claypool should we take notice that he's like hmm i think i can work with justin Fields. what's yeah, your thought they uh thanks kenny i mean i would be more worried if sean payton said justin fields i want justin fields i'd be like whoa wait a minute or if jim harbaugh did or if andy Reid did yep uh, they they haven't done the best job of replacing Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Let's face it, they, that's been know, their problem. Kenny Pickett stinks. Yeah, in uh, in Mike Tomlin's world, the quarterbacks that he's had to play with, Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, yeah, uh, Kenny Pickett. They've had another guy that was in there last uh, year a little yeah, bit too. It was um, oh Trubisky? It yeah, was Trubisky. Mitch, yeah, I mean right, this is the guy Mitch. that went out and signed Mitch All Trubisky. Right, yeah. So listen, guys. So this is what happens in his world. The quarterbacking he's seen the last two years. If Fields becomes available and they don't have to overpay, Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin is an obvious improvement of what he has. It's better than the other it's better than what crap I have, they've had. Okay? Yeah. And his cap number is only going to be $6.4 million this right. year. If, I mean, I still don't know, if he gets traded, do you still have that fifth-year option you do. on him? You do. Then he gets to put a fifth-year option on him, and then he gets to evaluate him for two years. But he believes with him... He'd be better off at the quarterback position than what he had at the QB position the last two years. So for him, somebody's not so much is like the 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 one that he wants to take to the dance and have a party with. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For him, looking at Justin, it's like, oh my heavens! This is look intriguing. at how great this is. Yeah. So, yep. but they've got the 20th. They got a second round. They got two fourth rounders. Two fourth rounders, Carm. A two if you don't get the one. Do you get the two and then the two fourth-rounders? And both fourth-rounders? They have back-to-back fourth-round picks. That's what because I'm saying. They, if a, I'm a, here. a trade with the, the, the uh, Rams. Rams. I'm on tankathon. I see it. Yeah. One, uh, back 119 and 120. 
Would you trade Justin Fields if that happens for the 51st pick in the draft and then 118 or 119 and 120? Fourth rounders. That would give the Bears four fourth round picks. That's not a bad haul. <laughs> you know, those two fourth rounders in the bottom of the first round? Oh, that'd be kind of cool if, if you did that. I mean, if you really, really want to reset the salary and gamble on it doesn't have to be Caleb Williams. It, you could pick up somebody else. You could pick up Drake May. You could pick up Jaden Daniels. J.J. McCarthy now is being talked about as a top 10 pick. I personally don't see it. The kid from Michigan. Um, I, I, there's no way I'm dropping drafting a quarterback in the top 10 who for a number of games didn't even throw for 10 passes. <laughs> I'm just no, not going to trust that on a, on a high draft pick. But uh, what do you think about it? If, the Bears have talked to Caleb Williams. He's checked out. He seems like a bright guy. Seems like a guy that really wants to play for the Bears. Seems like he could lead the clubhouse. What do you think about moving Justin Fields to Pittsburgh? Again, the fan in me says I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's not fair for them to take shots at Mike Tomlin there, though. Like to say, oh, it didn't work out. I mean, yeah, Kenny Pickett turned out to be a bust. So what? I mean, that. I mean, not so what? And like, it's not like. Pittsburgh wanted that to happen, but that happens everywhere. That's the point. Even a great organization like the Steelers has a bust here or there at quarterback. Everyone's not generational the way they say they are. So, I mean, I don't think they'd be fleecing Tom. Tomlin's not a fool, man. Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. If he believes in Justin Fields, if all that's true, it's not like he's just, uh, Kenny Pickett's been so bad and Mason Rudolph's been so bad, and Trubisky's been so bad that like Fields seems better than what he really is, is which is what they were implying. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. I mean, I trust Mike Tomlin. I mean, I'd like to have him here, honestly. But uh, I trust his analysis. If he thinks Fields is good, it's because for the right reasons. And I think Fields is a good player, too. So I personally, again, I still think the wild card here is not necessarily Pittsburgh, but Washington with the Kingsbury move there. Yes. I don't know why that's not being talked about more, and it's not such a haul to go from two to one as it would be from lower twenties to one. Right. So, what do you think that that Washington would give up if they just want to move up one spot? Would, are you looking at that similarly to what the Bears gave up for Trubisky because they moved up from three to two to get Mitch, and I think they, you know, gave up uh, their. Uh, uh, oh no! If I'm the Bears, I'm like, look, this kid's generational. He's a generational <laughs> player. This everybody says he's generational. So that's if right. you want, if you want to come up and get him at number one, that's fine, Washington. We mm-hmm. get your number one pick in twenty twenty five, and then you and your pick this year. So we get the number two pick this year, and their number one pick next year, right? And they have our number one, and I'm good with that. What do you think? Okay. Do we have two number ones next year? Yeah, I like that idea. I like that. Now, next year is not a great quarterback year. So Doesn't it, matter. It might be a, a fucking a, a beast that comes out of nowhere that's like, oh, this is the best three-tech we've ever seen or the best defensive end or the best linebacker. You could get a, a generational left tackle like a Tony Baselli or somebody might show up. You might not need a quarterback. You might have Justin in, in proving every, everybody right that's on his bandwagon this year. You might not need I, another quarterback. I agree. I mean, listen. The the hit rate on a quarterback uh, hitting the, the first overall pick is about the same as a quarterback picked in day two or day three. In other words, 
you know, that generational quarterback who's picked, you know, at the top, very top of the draft, you know, sometimes those guys fail. The uh, Jamarcus Russells and who was the guy that went to the 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 Rams? Um, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. You know, those guys fail, at, at, and so you can potentially pick up a Jalen Hurts in the second round, a Dak Prescott in the fourth round, a Tom Brady in the sixth round. Those guys happen, you know. So this whole generational thing, I think, you know, how what happens if if uh, if we learn that Caleb, you know, doesn't want to come to the Chicago Bears? He goes, you know what? You guys don't really have a good history of developing quarterbacks. I don't want to fuck, fucking play for you guys. You know, he pulls. Then who, fuck who you, it? Caleb. <laughs> who was it? Philip uh, Rivers who did that for, to the. No, it was Eli that did it that was to Eli. the Chargers. That's right. That's yeah, Eli right. didn't want to go to the Chargers and basically held the league hostage there for a little mm -hmm. bit. And John Elway did that to the Baltimore Colts. I could see that happening, Kayla. In, in which case, you say, fuck you. I got a good quarterback. I don't need your fucking, you to fucking be a pain in my ass. I'm going to trade you. Know what's, you. I, you know what's ironic, though? If you look, Elway did that to the Colts. That worked out for Elway. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eli did that to the Chargers, and it worked out for the player again. Indeed. So Indeed. maybe the player that's doing that actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Right. What do you think about what Laz says regarding Justin's injury history by running? Does that concern you? I mean, well, last year was sort of an – I think that was an aberration. He just fell on his hand the wrong way when he was getting sacked. Uh, he should have thrown that fucking ball away. Well, that's true, but I'm just saying it's just the way he landed. I think that could have happened to anybody there. So I'm yeah. not sure that he's injury prone per se. I mean, like, yeah, he's he missed, got hurt. He's missed games every season he's played because of injury. Well, I, I, I'm throwing the, the 23 season out in the sense that that could happen to anybody getting sacked just the way he landed. I know he held the ball too long, but I don't think that was a running play per se. He got his ass kicked in Atlanta the year before last, just because they kept calling run plays and he was getting beaten up. So I get it. Yeah, any any player can get hurt, though. Anybody, anybody can get hurt. That's like saying, well, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is 40 and he tore his Achilles and he lied about coming back, so maybe the Jets should move on from him. I mean, are they going to? No, I mean, yeah. just no, I'm not worried about Justin's uh, his injuries. Everybody gets injured. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think – you know, to answer Laz's question this way is, I think that as his career uh, progresses, he's going to do an even better and better and better job of protecting himself. You know, it, it's basically on these ad lib runs where, or or when he's holding the ball too long, where he gets hurt. And I gotta believe that he's bright enough. Everybody tells me how bright he is that he's bright enough to eventually figure out, yeah, I need to fucking throw this ball. I've had it for four seconds in my hand and nobody's open. Let me throw this fucker away and not get hurt. And let me, when I'm sliding, lower my head. I saw Patrick Mahomes do that. You know, uh, it looked like he was going to get hit in the head, but he's he puts his head back where it's uh, uh, parallel to the turf. And so those are things that I think Justin Fields is just going to get better at because he's, he's, he's an athlete and he's going to get better at it. So um, I'm not too worried about that, Laz. All right, I got one more clip, and then uh, Johnny Santucci, he's not here yet, but he should be here in a few minutes. I got this from ESPN. I want greatness at quarterback. I'm not getting that from Justin. That's what 
<laughs> Everybody's really down on on oh. Cap because he's flip flopped on this a couple of times. <laughs> Why I just it mystifies me. I've never said Justin's not a great leader. I've never said he's not a wonderful person and a great representative for the organization in our city. I've never said he's not a decent quarterback. I aspire to greatness. I want one of those, one of those assassins that plays back there, and I go, oh, God. Our guy, he could take us down the field. Justin never has done that. Why now in year four? Well, if we get a Marvin Harrison, we can get Marvin Harrison's dad to come out of retirement. We can get Peyton Manning in as the quarterback coach. We can get Saquon Barkley as a free agent and sign nine all pros away from the Niners and the Chiefs. Then he has everything he needs. Why? Why? Why can't I aspire if if my grade as the GM is that's the guy right there? And I have the number one pick. You want me to leave him on the board? I disagree. Yeah, I understand. I Wow. Aldo, I can't hear you at all now. I don't know if it's me or maybe I should log back in. I muted. I'm sorry. I muted myself. Oh, okay. Because- I thought it was my, my, cause I, it, it's, it's really jumbled on my end tonight. So no, I'm sorry. Uh, I was pouring myself a drink and I didn't want the sound effect of me. pouring. Well, what's your reaction <laughs> to what Cap was saying? It looked like you were about to complain and I want to hear it. No, I want that. What I was asking was I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole idea that Justin Fields it, it, Basically, what Cap was saying, he just is incapable of leading a team downfield when you need points to win. What's your thought on that? Well, so far, that's probably true because he's failed in the clutch a bunch. Mm-hmm. And but I, all I can say again is the guy is twenty four, and I'm not. I once more, I don't want to say he's going to be Michael Jordan because that's too fucking strong. But again, I as you we always point out, there were people saying that Jordan couldn't win a big game. Oh, man, yeah, sure, he scored 63, but, I mean, wouldn't you rather be the Celtics? I mean, they're a team that passes the ball. They're not a one-man show. Oh, well, yeah, he's the best player in the league, but he can't beat the Pistons. You know, so it's just like, at some point, you mature. You get better. You keep working at it. Like, again, the guy's basically a two-year starter. He was forced in in 21. We know the history. And they, they had no talent in 22. Mm-hmm. And then so 23, I mean, he's doing like he's when we say he's holding on to the ball, what are we really saying? The guy's he's he's not afraid and he's trying to make a play. No, it might not be smart, but he's he's it's not like he's he's giving us his all. Right. You know, he's trying to make a play, desperately trying to make a play. So, yeah, it is fair to say if you have DJ Moore and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Hypothetically, you have two great receivers that would behoove him to be more effective and more efficient in the crunch, especially if you've got Komet playing. And Saquon, who wants to sign Saquon Barkley now? Isn't he a little bit older and done now? Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. There, You know what? I, Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round draft pick. <laughs> the guy should have won the MVP in last year's Super Bowl and played his ass off. Yeah, he had a fumble, but uh, he, he he was a big part of the reason that the, the Chiefs won uh, this Super Bowl. So this whole thing about getting these aging players, especially the running back position, I don't understand that kind of thinking. It's like you got the money for a brand new car. Why are you going to lease 
a fucking 1967 Cadillac. I don't get it. <laughs> now, last year, again, just I don't want to change what I was saying, like what we were talking about earlier. If Derrick Henry had been available last year, I'd have been like, oh, man, you got to get him because he's like a, he's just a fucking beast, man. It can run people over, and that's that's the kind of the back I would like to get. But, yeah, Saquon's been hurt so many times. I, I don't know if I would pay him the money that he's going to uh, earn on the market. Yeah. See, this whole thing about the uh... – Justin Fields, you know, not uh, being a clutch player. Yeah, he has to certainly take some responsibility for that. There's no doubt about it. But here's the thing, Dan, and I don't think enough people talk about this, but you and I are going to start a campaign, a, a global campaign to inform people that Justin Fields has been brainwashed into the whole holding the ball on too long. He has had a defensive head coach who has preached to him, don't turn the ball over, 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 don't turn the ball over. And that has made him too cautious with the ball. I believe that Justin Fields is a gunslinger, and they have castrated the guy. And so my hope is, because the only way this is going to work, whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or whoever, you got to give the license to the quarterback Justin Fields, in this case, you got to give him the license to fucking fling it, to fucking make the tough throw, to not worry, not come back to the sideline and expect your head coach to be pissed off because you turned the ball over. The only way you can play quarterback in the National Football League is if you take your balls out and you lay them on the table and you say, here they are, motherfucker, lick them or get the fuck out of my way. That's what I think has been happening with Justin Fields is this very, very conservative approach to offense. Matt Eberflus has had that. And hopefully Shane Waldron, if he goes face-to-face with Eberflus, and it, like he and Pete Carroll argued a lot because Pete wanted to run the ball all the time and Shane wanted a more balance to throw the ball. They argued. And if that happens again in Chicago, then we're going to be in that fucking, as 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 uh, Tucho always says, we're going to be in that fucking perpetual cycle of just seeing the same shit happen again. Fields... And Waldron have to say, this is our offense, Eberflus. Go over there and coach the defense. Keep your mouth shut and stay the fuck out of our way. I I think it, with regards to what you were saying about the Tooch uh, talking about how things just replay and recycle and that chart with the arrows and such, I maybe I'm a fool, but I when I hear Kevin Warren speak, I'm like, this dude hasn't been here. You know, he wasn't here in 2000 or 1990 or whatever i i think i like him i think he is a difference maker in my opinion from what i from just listening to him talk so i think that this the bullshit stops here yeah i like i like our front office i do i don't know if polls is going to be here forever maybe he's had some good moments but i do like kevin warren and maybe if polls has another good draft i mean maybe we can just say even if they take caleb williams Maybe we can say, okay, we have to trust them. They're they're our front office, and they're going to be here. I I totally totally am am putting my money in on the Kevin Williams Ryan Poles regime. My you know my only concern is if if they were really really good at their jobs, they would look at the list of head coaches who have made it to the Super Bowl. And said, what's the common denominator here? 
fucking lot of great head coaches. Bill Belichick, uh, Andy Reid. I mean, these guys have been to this. You know, we, we talk about Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl and Tom, uh, Tom Brady. Well, who were they coached by? You've got to have that fucking support system. And so I continue to worry, is Eberflus the guy? Right now, he hasn't proven to be. Can he grow into the job just like I'm hoping Justin Fields can grow into the job? And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give up hope on Eberflus. But right now, again, to repeat myself, I just don't see a great coach in him. What do you think? You think he'd become great? I hope so. And I've mentioned this so many times before, but it created a soft spot for me when they were saying when the Bears were 0-4 that this guy was staying at Hallis Hall 19, 20 hours a day in lieu of his own family because he's just so desperate. I mean, you could say he just didn't want to get fired, but he's do, trying to do the best job that he can mm-hmm. and is just working his ass off. And I mean, every coach can't win. Mm-hmm. As you know, like every... I mean, most coaches don't. So more than more than likely, statistics say we don't have a guy that's going to win the Super Bowl. But all we can ask for him and hope for him is that he's giving us, exerting his entire soul into this, and I think he is. Dan, what year did you start following the Bears? Late 80s. And again, I jumped on the bandwagon because of Jim McMahon. So 87, 86? 87's the first season that I really, really was into it, yes. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I can't, I'm not going to do it now because we're on the air, but I'm going to total up how many losses you've experienced as a Bears fan and how many losses, and we'll talk about it next week. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fun. I mean, that's, I don't know if you remember, but when we had Jim McMahon on, I had a sinus infection. I felt like shit, man. I just was so unhappy with the you interview. Sounded but, great. You but sounded great. I made a joke to Jim and it just didn't get over at all. But I was like, man, you're the reason I've been suffering for 38 years or whatever. <laughs> He didn't react yeah. at all, he, you know, but he, he, I just, we, I woke him up, but actually I think it's his son that handles his account. So I, I, I DM with the show that started, he you know was like a half hour late. So I DM this son, Hey, is this still going to happen? And so I, I, I think he told me if I remember the response, yeah, I think he's sleeping. So I'll wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we all could right. get Tom Zach on, man. Yeah, I've tried a couple of times. It seems like he's not too keen on that, but I'll keep trying from time to time. Um, Speaking of guys who are um, sleeping, let's wake up Johnny Santucci. (laughs) Does he have a bear state of affairs? He does. All right. There he is, in fact. I do. Johnny Santucci, you look like a man who came from the Bahamas, who since he's gotten back. You've been getting laid regularly. I got my uh, colleague, the Beer of the Bahamas shirt on. Nice. Today. <laughs> last last week on uh, last Tuesday when we did our last show together, you told me that hey, I gotta go because my wife is feeling a little frisky tonight. So uh, let let us know how did it go since Dan doesn't talk about his sex life anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> success, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, Do we like have I another said. young child coming? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm already broke. <laughs> Do you you wear protection when uh, when you have sex nowadays? Yeah, my wife has, uh, you know, has the pill. So. Okay. Good yeah. for her. It's Good free. for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can spurt well. all yeah. over now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she's got some like <laughs> like tingly oil she gets on me, so it's like loving that, oh, you know. Nice. Hey, hey, Toots, I'll find out though, but Toots, before you start, uh just for later, did you watch uh this week's True Detective? I hope we can talk about it. Oh later. yeah, yeah. Okay, so big I, I, episode. Big I episode. watch I watch these episodes like as soon as I finish, I watch it again. Yes, good, you know, good idea. Just because uh, you, you can miss so much, man. Yeah. Well, I, I want to tell our audience that uh, at the top of the hour, which is in 40 minutes, we're going to do a deep dive into True Detective Season 4, Night Country. Yep. It's the uh, the final episode of the season is coming. And this episode, last episode on Sunday was explosive so if you have not seen yeah. true detective you got 40 minutes to watch five episodes five one hour episodes get and get caught up <laughs> but before you do that don't miss bear state of affairs with johnny santucci he's coming up right now All right, Bears, state of affairs, 2024 NFL season, offseason week five. What's happening, Barflies? Well, first off, let's congratulate the three former Bears who made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Devin Hester, Steve McMichael, and Julius Peppers. Woo! Long time coming. All right, well, Super Bowl 58 is over, and the Chiefs are looking like the new dynasty, much to Dan Aguirre's chagrin. After a 25-22 to 22 win over the San Francisco 49ers. It's a third Super Bowl win in the last five years. What's significant about Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl ring is that it puts increased pressure on Bears general manager Ryan Poles this offseason. Yeah, as the consensus top player in the 2024 draft is most often compared to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's another factor in what I call... Decision gate. Yeah. What is what what's polls gonna do? Decision gate. Here we go, Danny. Yeah, well, I don't envy Ryan Poles, no sir. He has arguably the most difficult decision in Bears franchise history. He has to decide what's more valuable, plan A or plan B. Plan A. Keep Justin Fields. Trade down for a massive draft haul. And build around Justin Fields by acquiring a stud receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. More offensive linemen, pass rushers, and other premium players with plenty of cap dollars and free agency. Or plan B, draft a quarterback on a rookie contract like Caleb Williams. But losing out on a massive draft haul and spending more dollars on premium players and free agency. Technically, Poles could draft a quarterback and keep Justin Fields. You remember the Seahawks acquired Matt Flynn and then drafted Russell Wilson in the draft that year. So while that's certainly possible, it doesn't seem likely. Poles loves trading for picks. He loves moving around in the draft. He might feel that building the roster is the horse, not the cart. You see, GMs like Ryan Poles and others who take or have taken the Chicago GM job face a very real existential crisis. It's a crisis that's been lurking around since the days of Sid Luckman. Get the quarterback position right, whether in the draft or otherwise, or face an early exit from the Bears' GM job. Like today's barroom guest Jerry Angelo always said, we're fixated on the quarterback position. But the Chicago Bears have really not been able to find, develop, or build around a quarterback. 
whether it's bad timing, bad coaching, bad drafting, or likely all three, Bears fans have been left asking the question, why has Chicago not been a winning franchise in the last three decades? Well, let me break it down for you. Number one, the Bears have had a lack of high draft picks. Since 2009, that's 15 drafts, Chicago has had 10 first-round picks and 27 day-two picks. Those are both below the league average. Number two, like it or not, the Bears have missed on first-round picks. Since 1990, these are the Bears' first-round picks. Mark Carrier, good. Great pick, great pick. Stan Thomas, bust. Alonzo Spellman, below average. Okay. He's okay. okay. Curtis mental, Conway, mental good. health issues. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some Conway. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just excited about what you're saying. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Curtis Conway, good pick. John Theory, bust. Rashawn Salam, bust. Walt Harris, good. Curtis Enos, bust. Cade McNown, bust. Erlacher, Hall of Fame. David Terrell, bust. Mark Colombo, bust. Michael Haynes, bust. Rexy Grossman, eh, average. Tommy Harris, good. Cedric Benson, below average. Greg Olson, good. Chris Williams, bust. Gabe Karimi, bust. Shay McLellan of Chicken Dinner Road, bust. Oh. Kyle, Kyle Long, good. Kyle Fuller, good. Kevin White, bust. Leonard Floyd, decent. Mitchell Trubisky, below average. Roquan Smith, good. Justin Fields, jury's out. Darnell Wright, looking good. Number three. Like I said, the Bears have not been good at finding, developing, and supporting their quarterbacks. If last Sunday's Super Bowl showed us anything, it's that quarterbacks need a great supporting cast, like an above-average offensive line, skilled receivers, and above-average play callers and coaches who can develop and give a proper assessment of their quarterback. If the Bears do decide to go the rookie quarterback route, this is easily the best supporting cast for a rookie quarterback that the Bears have ever had. They have a great number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. They have an opportunity at another dynamic wide receiver in the NFL draft and another in free agency. They have a good tight end in Cole Komet. They have an emerging offensive line that needs a center and more depth. They have a turnover-generating defense that will give the offense multiple extra possessions. And they now have an offensive coordinator with experience and a track record of developing quarterbacks. Two factors loom large, resetting the clock and quarterback salary with a rookie and gambling that the rookie pulls a Brock Purdy and gets you to the playoffs quickly or gambling that Justin Fields figures it all out and gets you to the promised land, in which case you have to pay up on Fields' next contract. All I know is that Ryan Poles can praise Caleb Williams publicly and hold out long enough to drive up his price for that number one overall pick. Building that price up to a generational draft haul rather than picking the quarterback people say is generational, might be the only thing in this draft that truly is generational. That is Bears State of Affairs. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Another winner there, Tooch. Very well might, done. Might be the only thing that's generational is the, <laughs> is the draft hall that Poles gets. Yeah. Just, uh, be prepared. That is so perfectly said, uh, Johnny Santucci. Dan, any comments on uh, Tooch's thoughts? 
Ah, I loved it. Uh, yeah. I like the the rundown of draft picks and you know the ones that aren't so good. You know, that's. I mean, we we haven't had a lot of. I mean, some of the there were some gap years in there. To be honest, we didn't have picks, and after the Cutler trade, you know, uh, we, after the Trubisky trade, there were some uh, years where we didn't even have a number one or a first round draft pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, arguably, uh, uh, bad drafting has put us in the situation where we are, which is year three of a poles rebuild. Indeed. Um, did you check out any of the uh, Rollins that we had before? Too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was listening family? the whole listening the whole time. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, this whole thing regarding chasing – here it is. I, I, I think we weren't finished with the ESPN thing, and I want to continue to play this because I think this is where they talk about, you know, Patrick Mahomes is this unicorn, and we should not have any expectations yeah. that the Bears can land that. Let me play that. I understand that point of view. I'm just saying that I'm speaking uh, for Justin Fields fans that would say, hey, man, you know what? This guy is growing as a quarterback, and we haven't seen the best as of him yet. All you can look at if you are Ryan Poles is the quarterback rating of, of uh, not in the top 20, the EPA and the play per per game for him, not in the top 20, the success rate, not in the top 20. You can look at all the numbers and say that's an underachieving quarterback. But there will be some that will say, well, if you supply him with enough talent, then, it, then he'll be able to pull the nose up on his career. And I'm saying that if you are the Chicago Bears, you have a choice. You have a quarterback that you evaluated, which is not your quarterback. Justin Fields is not Ryan Poles' quarterback as far as the selection. Ryan Poles didn't select Justin Fields. This was all an evaluation last mm-hmm. year and this year. If Ryan Poles feels that he can upgrade the position with Caleb Williams, he better be right because all you know, you're pushing all your chips in the middle of the table, and you're going to supply this rookie quarterback with an offensive coordinator that many people like. You're going to upgrade it with a better offensive line and weapons. You just better be right. That's all. I mean, you passed on the quarterback class last year to get DJ Moore and draft picks. Nothing wrong with that. But this year, as I've been telling you all along, Cap, it's hard to pass up on that quarterback class twice. Can't you? Get, I mean, to, to be in a position to get two number one selections in the draft, pretty good. I mean, I mean it, to be in that position. So this year, this is the position for you to find a quarterback. And that quarterback better be the guy. Now, the question that we have on the table is, is about the patience end of it. I'm more than willing to be patient. I do think they're a playoff team next year. I do. What is that? People, but, but, but what do you what do you base that on? I mean, I, again, defense no, is trending in an amazingly positive direction. Yeah, but they can't score thirty points. What, what I'm saying is, is that the offensively speaking, you can upgrade the weapons. Like we know, DJ Moore is good. We know Cole Komet's good. You know that there's a couple of guys on the offensive line that will be the anchors moving forward. Mm-hmm. But again, there's more question marks than answers to the Bears. There are. There are more question marks and answers to the Chicago Bears, especially on the offense, and that is the quarterback position. That's a question mark. If you were in another city and you went, we got to get better at quarterback, what are we picking? 24th. It's not going to probably happen. That's a fluke if you find someone sitting at 24 that comes in as a rookie in place. Russell Wilson in the third round going to a ready-made team, by the way, that's a fluke. That doesn't normally happen. We've got the number one pick. Oh, and there happens to be a great quarterback class. We control the draft here. What do you guys think about what's being said there? Such, I see you nodding. What do you think? Well, it makes a great point. Like, Rand Poles didn't draft Justin Fields. 
mm-hmm. but he did come out. I have a quote here. I can't. I didn't. I was good. It almost made it into Bear's state of affairs. That uh, let me see if I can find it here. That, uh, While you're looking for that, I, the one quote, and yeah. I, and I've been trying to find it so I can share it with everyone, and I think people have heard it. Ryan Pose one talked about yeah. he needs to be floored with whoever comes in who could potentially be the next Bears quarterback, and he says he's got to be a leader in the locker room. And boy, you gotta believe that he said that as a message. I'm not going to draft Caleb Williams if he doesn't check out as a true leader because I got a true leader now. Yeah, yeah. I found that quote. It said, uh, "Ryan, Ryan Pulse, uh, we're we're going to turn every stone to make sure we're going to make a sound decision for our organization." That's it. Yeah. I did think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team, but at the same time, this is a unique situation. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dan? Well, I don't want to conf- conflate my fandom for Fields with maybe this is the right pick. I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I, I just, I'm not qualified to make that decision. I think I love Fields and I think he's going to get better, but maybe the answer's staring right in front of me. And maybe it is Caleb Williams. And I just don't know. I'm not trying to be wishy washy. I'm not an expert. I'm just a fucking Bears fan. And at this point, goddamn, I, I don't care who leads the quarterback. I mean, just as long as we win. It's funny like I, though that I was because I was thinking, what's going to be uh, Dan's reaction if the Bears do draft Caleb Williams? And I almost immediately thought, answered that thought by saying, he's going to be fine with it. He's going to move on. He's going to. Yeah. He's going to. He's going to take those uh, jerseys that he has of Justin Fields. How many? I'll keep many, them. Uh, I got four of them. I'm gonna, <laughs> there they are. All the, all the, <laughs> I'm going to keep. I'll keep them. I mean, <laughs> it, and if they draft Caleb, I'll probably buy the Caleb one. You know, what I mean, absolutely. I exactly. when again when Jim McMahon got traded to San Diego, I was eight years old, about to turn nine, and mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the Chargers, and my dad gave me a fucking speech about how you have to be loyal. And like you're a Bears fan, so you're stuck. You're a Bears fan. You you don't change teams. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think about like you know what what the Chiefs did with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes because I mean Aldo and I both like Patrick Mahomes because he could throw the ball a million a million mm-hmm. yards, you know. And uh, right. we we love the arm, but his college tape wasn't the greatest. Man. I mean, his, his footwork was terrible. You know, he threw, he, he always see, he, he even kind of does it take, he jumps up in the air to throw the fucking ball. You know, it's right. like he leaves right. his feet and throws, you know, it's like rather than, you know, throwing from a strong base or, or sound platform, but he sat behind Alex Smith for what, a year, a year or two? One season, one season. One season. Sat, Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for mm-hmm. a few seasons. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for mm-hmm. four seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, Who's Caleb Williams going to sit behind? You know, mm. with with Justin Fields, uh, we had uh, he he sat behind uh, what Andy Dalton, right? <laughs> for two games, for two, two games, games. <laughs> and then and Andy Dalton was history, right? You know, right. Uh, uh, but uh, all accounts, uh, Shane Waldron has has uh, developed some guys. I mean, Geno Smith turned his career around in Seattle. And then mm-hmm. when Drew Locke was in there for uh, a limited time, he didn't play terrible. He was able to uh, 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 be serviceable. And then you look at the situation that Brock Purdy's in, and he has a great team around him. Uh, it helps that that Purdy's been pretty smart with the ball. He makes good decisions. His coaches have really coached him up well. But he's got, you know, the best running back in the NFL, a really good offensive line, you know, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, uh, 
two really good wide receivers. You know, even the even the receivers that are behind those top two are good. You know, and then uh, the 49ers have a have a damn good defense too. So, so here's here's the thing then, Tooch and, and Dan. Love your guys' response to this. So let's say the Bears do due diligence. They check out uh, Caleb. They check out Jaden. They check out uh, uh, Drake. They check out all the top quarterbacks. And they say, you know what? We like them. They do some. Some of them do some fantastic things. But it's neither none of them are, is a sure thing. None of us in the scouting department feels like it's a hundred percent sure thing, and that we feel that continuing to invest in Justin and developing him is the better way to go. So, if that's what your scouting department tells you, are you going to say, well? You know, what's the media going to say? What are the fans going to say who are tired? No, you got to say our trust is in Shane Waldron. Our trust in is in Marvin Harrison living up to all the the, the fucking praise he's getting because he's getting Caleb Williams type praise. And so he should be on the Bears. And our trust should be in an offensive lineman who's going to protect Justin Fields better at left tackle than Broderick Jones. Or a pass rusher who's going to help create more turnovers so that Justin Fields can have half, half fields. That's the key right here, I think. This is the crux of what's going to happen over the next three months as the bears in the scouting department collaborate on who's going to be chosen. Yep. Right. hundred percent. All yeah. right. man. I mean, now it, that it, we settled world problems, it's uh, <laughs> uh it's, I mean, it, you arguably, if you're, if you're picking at the top part of the draft, you, you, whether you trade down a spot or two, or you keep your, your uh, number one pick and, and pick the quarterback, uh, you're going to miss out on Marvin Harrison jr. You know, mm-hmm. if you keep the number one pick, and you have to use your I, I, number nine I, pick on the uh, number two or three wide receiver. Or, highly likely, unless Malik Neighbors is yeah. chosen, because uh, Greg Gabriel feels that Malik Neighbors has a very good shot of being chosen before Marvin Harrison because of what he does with yards after the catch. Yeah, uh, Bear, Bear Lissimo loves Neighbors. He said Bear Lissimo says the best wide receiver in the draft is Neighbors, mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't broken down enough film to, you know, corroborate. But, yeah. uh, you know, Marvin Harrison has that really high floor. You know, it's a very safe pick if you're, you know, you want your number one pick to work out. And uh, he would complement this team so well, right? Yeah. Out of Ohio State where Justin Fields played. Ran track with D.J. Moore. He was younger, of course, four yep. years younger, but they ran track on the same team. So there's this kind of synergy that would exist between them. He's an X receiver. He's yep. bigger. He's six foot four. He can X, block, X block downfield. He's, he's the perfect thing. I mean, it, all of this zeal for Caleb Williams – I think can be easily transformed to Marvin Harrison because what he would do for this team is elevate Justin Fields from a promising quarterback to a really good quarterback. I truly believe that can happen. Is he still going to have some mistakes where he might hold on to the ball a little too long? Is he still going to have some mistakes where, you know, he, he makes some of those fields mistakes? Of course he is. And we see it every week with every quarterback. Did Brock Purdy make mistakes in the Super Bowl? Of course he did. But did Patrick Mahomes? Of course he did. All quarterbacks do. And I think that sometimes we judge fields a little too harshly. Uh, we need to give him a little bit of faith. I've been ranting too much tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, uh, 
the Bears, uh, uh, like every offseason, they they need so many things. There's so many holes to plug. They need it, but free agency, you know, c- comes before the draft. So mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Poles is gonna. Uh, well, th- this is also another important question. Is like Poles has been a guy that kind of like uh, his first year as Bears GM, he kind of sat back and, and did the second wave of of free agency. He didn't go. He didn't make the big splash, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that was also the tank year. You know, and then the uh, the next year, I, I, I uh, uh, he he made a little better uh, splash mm-hmm. in uh, in in free agency uh, with some of the players he picked. But uh, uh, the uh, the free agency is going to determine if if they they pick up you know a, a pass rusher in free agency. Uh, I expect they'll go center because you probably don't want to leave you know the line calls to a rookie center. Although there are some good centers in this draft. Yes, but- I agree. The pass rusher, it'd be better to get a rookie pass rusher on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Guys like guys like Brian Burns and Bryce Huff are gonna be expensive. You know, Daniil Hunter's been linked to the to the Bears as well. And he's a good one, but he he also is gonna be expensive. He's he's almost 30 years old, I think. He's not 30 already. I think he's yeah, he's I think he's 29 or 30. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, you know, I do agree. Dan, what are your thoughts about, you know, uh, investing either with a big free agent contract or a high draft pick on a dominating pass rusher so that get where you book in Montez Sweat and you improve the defense, you improve, you improve the offense by improving the defense. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm open to that too, but I'm also open to a free agent center. We, I feel like that has to be solved. We can't yep. just keep putting like band-aids on the on the issue here or a finger in the dike so to speak they have to get that solved and maybe other players on the they, the offensive line has to be better it can't just be plug and hope the way it has been since jay cutler's been here the last time we had a really good offensive line we went to the super bowl I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to do it, but I yeah, mean, right. <laughs> but the 06 team was the best offensive line we've had in 25 years Yep. So, yeah, I'm open to uh, spending some – I mean, you got the cap space for a fucking reason, man. And it's just going to keep increasing year after year. And maybe that's Taylor Swift's uh, – her influence, what have you, but we'll take it. So yeah. what are we, like the eighth or ninth best on uh, cap space this year? I think I think it's eight, yeah. Yeah, so spend the money, man, and then you sign and, and draft well and let's go. Do, go ahead. Do you, guys, do you guys think it's possible that – Ryan Poles thinks wide receiver is the more, more important position than quarterback right now. It's, I mean, look at his track record with wide receivers. He spent a second on Chase Claypool, didn't work out. Spent a third on Valus Jones, it hasn't really worked out. Spent a fourth on Tyler Scott, mm-hmm. looks like it hasn't really worked out. You know, I'm not, do we do we even trust him to pick a wide receiver? Well, you know? that's, yeah, that's a good question. I mean. Um... And that does worry me because so much of our impending success depends yeah. on, you know, good player acquisition and yeah. polls doesn't have a sterling record. Uh, this, this morning, I think you mentioned it, uh, Tooch, that uh, Jerry Angelo, former general manager of uh, the Chicago Bears said on GTF that as long as you don't miss out on the big picks, you know, <laughs> you don't want to yep. fuck up that first round draft pick like uh, the Penn State defensive end yep. that the Bears drafted with uh, Greg and, and Jerry. And uh, there was an offensive lineman too. Do you remember him? Chris yep. Williams. That's him. Chris Williams. He was in, he was in Bears State of Affairs. Chris. I mean, that was the whole point of my, 
of that little section of Bear State of Affairs is that we have not fucking drafted good, man. That's right. We just haven't drafted good the past 15 to 20 years of drafting. We haven't drafted good. You're absolutely right. As much as I love Greg and and Jerry Angelo, there were some mistakes. And again, you know, it happens to every NFL team. Look at Bill Belichick. He's probably got a much worse drafting record than Angelo and Gabriel. It's, Jerry, it's absolutely true. Bill Belichick has been awful in the draft. Jerry picked a guy in the third round that could jump out of a pool. Oh my gosh. Who was what was that guy's name? Jerron Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Jerron Gilbert. Oh my god! Look at him; he could jump right out of a fucking pool. He couldn't play a lick of football, but <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it, Jerry though. That was a great interview. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I, uh, I got a text from uh, Greg saying yeah, that Aldo. You know, he said uh, Jerry Angelo told me that Aldo. He seems like a really great guy. And I'm like, man, I, you just made my fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing he didn't have he would have drafted me, and I would have <laughs> fucked up. Good thing he didn't have two chum. I would have what he would have said about me. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right, uh, let's finish up with a couple of more Bears things. If anybody in the uh, chat has a yeah. Bears question, something that uh, they want us to address, that would be. I got a great. question for you guys. What, like, how much importance do you put on left tackle? Um, not as much as in yesteryear, you know, mm-hmm. because the ball gets out a lot quicker, mm-hmm. but it's still a very important part of the game because it's the blind side. And it, particularly when you have a young quarterback who is not uh, adept at, yeah. you know, m- feeling the pass rush, I think it's very, very important. And pressure comes up the middle a lot too. That's the uh, much teams, more than ever before yes. team scheme to put pressure right in the quarterback's face. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Dan? Do you, is a left tackle important to you? I mean, it is. Like the we have to get an offensive line that, like, I'm not saying it's going to be as good as Dallas, but we have to get a line that we're proud of and yeah. that we're like we've we've drafted, we we've put money into this. You have to invest into it. Yep. I mean, again, Darnell Wright was the first offensive lineman that we've taken in the top 10 since 1983 with Jim Covert. There you go. You're not putting your money into it. If your roof is caving in, it doesn't matter how fucking good your floor is. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, something that's rarely talked about is I think you, it's important to have an offensive line group that is well conditioned because what happens is Teams that wear down the defensive line as the game goes on with their run blocking and, and pass blocking, they wear them down. That's so important. You can you can have a better defensive line lose against an average offensive line if you you play call effectively so that you're continually busting that defensive line, getting them tired, having them run to the left, having them run to the right, having them uh, uh, rush upfield on a seven-step drop, doing whatever is necessary to just wear them down. That's rarely talked about in today's football. And I think that the Chicago Bears are, are getting there. My biggest concern is not so much the left tackle, John, as it is the left guard. Tevin Jenkins, I love him. He's so important to this game because he's a mean son of it. That's the dude we have to worry about being hurt too much, not Justin exactly, Fields. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Great point, great point. What do you think yeah, about uh, the left guard position, Tooch? You can get, I mean, you can, like like you guys were saying, you can get, get by with, uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Braxton Jones? Yes, Braxton Jones. Current one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, part of me feels like, look, 
I, I love Tevin Jenkins, but I, I know in the guard is a decent, there's some decent guards in this uh, uh, draft, but you know, mm-hmm. Holes doesn't have a ton of draft picks. I think we only have five in this draft. Is that right? We have a fir- one and we have two picks, six, six picks, right? Six, right. Six picks. And one of them is a pick we got from Miami. Yes. But, uh, uh, we have uh, um, won't we get a co- uh, one of those compensation picks since uh, Getzy went to the Raiders? No, that'll be next year. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, what we've got two firsts, no second, one third, two fours, and a five. We don't yeah, have no a six, six and no a seven. seven. Right. And I don't really care about the six and seven, to be honest with you, because I I think that this draft, because there's fewer juniors coming out of this draft than in any recent draft, there isn't that much depth. If anything, I would say, let's try to get more draft picks in that fourth round. When when the Steelers potentially sending two fourth round draft picks to the Bears, not that I want to trade Justin Fields, but if we were to get – Four fourth round draft picks. That to me would be a great way to close this draft. Get rid of the fifth, and we can all go party and have fun uh, with with our draft picks. Yeah, uh, the center is a huge position of importance. Like Dan, said. absolutely have yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, so what do you think about the Seahawks center who played for Jay, uh, uh, Shane Waldron? He's available. Uh, PFF has him as the seventh highest. Ranked free agent center. Hello, his name is, he? is he's Evan Brown. He is oh my gosh, it doesn't say his age there. Let me see if I can go somewhere else and find it real I quickly. I, I haven't done my research on uh, um, uh, he was he's 6'3, 320 pounds, center. born in 1996, so that makes him 27 years old. That that sounds like I mean, not by the about size, right. but about the when we got Roberto Garza. He yes. was a fine football player. Of course, he started out as guard until Olin left. But uh, I, you can, I think that in theory sounds like a good uh, acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it, and one of the things that Greg has mentioned a few times is potentially, and he doesn't know this for sure, but because they've changed guards to center so many times uh, with the Chicago Bears, it, what about Jay Tyree Carter? Can he play center? And he's certainly shown that he's a pretty good guard and should should be in the mix for consideration. Um, I would love to see if we Doug can convince him. We don't know how good he is either. Can we right please ahead. just get rid of Cody Whitehair? Could this be the offseason? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he, got to go. He's he got to go. Be here. He won't yeah. be here next year. He's gone. I mean, and just switch. switch. Uh, go ahead, Tooch. The, the cap savings. You know, it'll be like him. Him. I mean, it'll be Cody Whitehair before they get rid of Eddie Jackson. Yes, you know, it, it isn't. A, it isn't a very deep draft for safety. Right. Well, that's a great point because we, I, we were asked earlier, who was it? Uh, I think it was Adam. Yeah, it was Adam. What do you guys think we should do about safety? Bojack is awesome, but I think he has played his last day as a bear. And he posted on social media a kind of cryptic message mm. that made led many Bears yeah. fans to believe uh, perhaps the negotiations are not negotiations because he's got a contract, but I'm sure the Bears have already approached his agent and said, by the way, you're taking a pay cut if you want to play next year. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe he says, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." He has right. to know that he hasn't played. He got paid for his 2018 season. That's why he got paid. He has to know he hasn't lived up to that contract. Mm-hmm. Hey, you I, know what? If if we if we suck on air, 
if if we you know how it is after the show's over we usually text like oh that was a really good show that was that was so much better than last week or something you know as a man if you if you've played poorly or if we've done shitty on air so if you're a member of the bears he knows that too well, and the thing with Eddie is his body is breaking down. Greg Braggs and I interviewed them at a charity softball event. And, you know, I was bigger than Eddie Jackson and taller than Eddie Jackson. I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, good thing he, he knows how to play the game of football. But, you know, it, it was astonishing to me that, he was, he was a professional football player because he looked more like a softball player than a football player, to be honest with you. And I think his body is breaking down. He's not anxious to get involved in hits. He's a smart player. He leads that defensive back room. He, he makes the proper play calls. But, yeah, his time is done, man. Time, yeah, time to draft one. I like this Taylor Newbin. Taylor Newbin, the safety, I, I, I keep mocking yeah, him. Real solid. And, yeah, uh, I, I uh, in my mock drafts, I tried to trade for a second round pick to pick up t- a Tyler Newbin because he is a he's an interception mas- machine and he's that versatile safety where you can have him or Jaquan now play the free safety position and the other guy move into the box and and really fuck up uh, offenses with uh, that versatility. We got to sign our corner still too. I know we talked about how he's not going anywhere. That was in the presser, but right, no deal yet. You know. I got a feeling they're just going to fucking franchise tag him because I got to, you know, the, the what what I've heard is that Jalen is asking for about twenty three million, and I don't think he's going to get that from the Bears. I don't think so. Yeah, you could. Uh, I mean, if Jalen walks, a comparable player would be like the Chiefs, Legarius Sneed, who just he shuts down number one receivers. Didn't have the, you know, he he played a good game, didn't have the best game against the Niners in the Super Bowl, but you know, he, he's definitely up there you know, in their area of skill of Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. But uh, safety, yeah, I, got a guy you could get, it'd be like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's a fucking dick. But yep. he'd, be, he'd be our dick. You know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, I mean, he gets into fights with everybody. That's the thing. I don't, I, bears probably hate him. But you're, you're stealing him away from the Lions. So. Right. I think that in today's NFL, you know, it's really important to have a great defensive backfield and, oh, yeah. and a pass rush. But I would prioritize the defensive backs because it's such a passing league now. You got to have guys that can play at least a decent zone, but also can really match up man to man because you're going to have to do that a lot more in the NFL as this league continues to progress with, with passing offenses. We'll see. Fucking zone always scares me because great quarterbacks can beat zones almost blindfolded. Yeah, yeah, that's what Romo was talking about during the Super Bowl. He's like, God, you, you can't be in this soft zone. And I thought at that exact minute, I was like, God, are you listening, Matt Eberflus? Mm-hmm. The Bears well, were so much more successful in the second half of the year when he got out of that fucking zone. Yep. And I think that a lot of defenses are just sort of throwing their their hands up. I know that you're going to beat our zone, so we're just going to play back and make the tackle in front of us and not let you get behind us. And we're going to bend and bend and bend, but we're not going to fucking break because once it gets inside the red zone, we're going to lock you down. I think that's what's happening with the Bears' defense. 
Uh, all right, guys, let's see. It is almost that time for True Detective. Why don't we start a little early, and then that way we can then talk about uh, John Santucci's sex life since he already <laughs> gave us a preview of it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> all right, so True Detective Season 4, uh, Night Country. Yep. If you have not watched it, those of you, goodbye. <laughs> we're going to give a lot of shit away. We, but the, we, you and I talked about a little bit about it after Dan left. But that's right. Last I, week, I think one of the main things, Dan, that Alder and I were talking about was how, like, uh, and I know I, I'm pretty sure you've watched all the other seasons. Yes, True Detective always kind of dangles this supernatural like explanation in front of you, and then they kind of pull that away, and there's a reasonable explanation, you right. know. But is, is that? Do you feel that that was what's going to happen towards the end? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, this wasn't happening. You know, there's no. There's no uh, uh, extraterrestrial or uh, uh, ancient microorganism that's causing all this ruckus. I think that they're trying to imply that there is in some regards, at least toward that indigenous, uh, you know, what's the word? The ethnicity, I forget what they're called, the Native Americans there. Even the police officer, remember, she saw her, uh, she was walking toward the sea to kill herself too, just like her sister. And the lady was like, well, didn't you hear me? And pulled her back. So it does seem that there's something going on with their race of Native Americans. Yeah, I agree. Let me let me step uh, uh, back just a little bit, because those who are not intending to watch the series or may not watch it for a while and don't mind some spoilers. So it's, uh, the ba this basic story it sits around these two detectives, Jodie yep. Foster on the right and this actress on the left. I forget her name, but she is yeah, really excellent. sensational. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let me see. I think I got a uh, oh, cast wow. list. Ka Kaylee Wright Reese. She plays... Trooper Evangeline Navarro. And she's kind of a crucial character here because she's the one that has had these supernatural experiences. And Jodie Foster saying, there is no fucking God. There is no supernatural. There are no ghosts and so forth. And so there's this, this, this tension between them because of their uh, spiritual beliefs. And the main crime, there's basically two of them. There's these these guys who are frozen in ice. They worked for a scientific laboratory that we found out in this past episode. Also, uh, did was getting donations from the government. So perhaps the government is involved. Yeah, the uh, the, the mine the mining company was funding. The mining company was yeah. funding. Yeah, and these guys were, besides doing scientific research, were yeah. also responsible for measuring the pollution going into the air. And all the native people have been having po pollution type health issues, yeah, the water, including stillbirths, the water, stillbirths, and so yep. forth. Right. And then uh, the, uh, again, another yep. big giveaway here is. Jodie Foster and that other officer, uh, uh, yeah. officer, what the fuck is her name again? Navarro. Navarro thank you. They, um, they had this questionable past where yep. this guy on the far left, John Wheeler, he was apparently committed suicide, but the guy on the right has access to information that he didn't commit suicide. These two officers shot this motherfucker, and he's holding that over their heads. Uh, and then the uh, one last uh, uh, Navarro killed him. I, I'm, I think we're led to believe that she, because she doesn't like uh, men beating on women. Yeah, that's her thing. Exactly. Uh, Thank you for adding that. She was Could like, I please put a, bullet, put a bullet in his head. 
You know, he's now, I wanted to give one criticism this week to see what you all thought. Okay. The only because this show finally it's been such a slow burn that this week I felt like it was the first time we really got a payoff. Mm -hmm. But you remember when her sister died and she picked that fight with that dude that gave her the finger that she arrested in the first episode. Yes. And she gets her ass kicked and like all of her wounds are gone in like two hours. I totally, totally agree. I rewatched the episode before the show because I knew we were going to talk about it tonight, and I noticed that then. I was like, holy shit, her fucking wounds are gone. <laughs> she looked like she had been in a boxing fight. Yeah. Yeah. She had been yeah. fighting John Buffon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she no, she no longer had the had the face bruises and stuff. Yes. Uh, and it was yeah. supposed to You're be right. the next day, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that was, was a real was, weakness it, of the show. It might have yeah. been a, a few days, though. Because I think we jumped from like six to fourteen. I'm I'm not I'm almost positive, but I'm not okay. sure. Because the last but would that be 14, cleared in eight days? Yeah, no. still exactly. Would it be cleared in eight days? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. She. I tell you one thing. Uh, for those of you who like sex scenes, in episode one, she has a great, great sex yeah. scene. She's, a, she's a big girl, man. <laughs> she is. She's got thick she's legs. Very, and, very yeah. nice, thick, Tall. suckable, succulent. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm gonna start jerking off here in a second. Let's talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> All right. So this last image I want to share is just the kind of the spiritual aspect of it. That circular yeah. thing was in yep. season one. Yeah. Do you remember it, guys, in season one? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Tell and they mentioned it. the totals when they were talking about uh yes. when they were breaking down the tax records. Yes. The one parent company was Tuttle. That's that religious organization from yeah. season one. From season one, mm. yeah. See that, Zach? There is a connection there. There is yeah. a connection. And, and then the one-eyed polar bear. What do you guys think about Trent, that? Well, there's another connection, too. It's like Rust's dad or something was Rose's husband or relative. Oh. Trent, his name was Travis Cole. Yeah, we talked about that right. earlier, a we few weeks ago. Yeah. So I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, the lady that's going to help uh, the younger cop uh, bury mm -hmm. his dad in the ice, she's the one that was with Russ yeah. Cole's dad. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rose. She's the one that found all the bodies from Salal bodies, yep. because of Russ Cole's dad. Yep, she was uh, his ghost came and led her to the bot the crime scene or the bot. That was very body. Twin Peaks ish, uh, yeah. how he was dancing yeah. and stuff. Yep. It seemed like something from Twin Peaks. That, we still don't know why the dudes were naked. That's <laughs> <was> like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's still like something you know, like, and they were. It was like, like they all took their clothes off and folded them and shit. You know what were they doing out there? You know. Yeah. That's that's part that's of the mystery. Salal, man, that's a wild workplace, Aldo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know? so, you know the one thing I don't get yet, and maybe because it's been played so many times, whether it was in just the background or the straight-up Beatles, but that twist and shout has been utilized almost in every episode. And, and you have, sometimes it'll be in the subtitles, because I watch it with the subtitles so I don't miss the di something in the dialogue. It'll be something where you can barely hear it, and the subtitles will be saying "twist and shout." So mm -hmm. it, it is real. I don't know what the meaning is behind it. You know, it started out with that clip from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm -hmm. but that has been utilized almost every episode. Just like you said, the polar bear. I don't really know the significance of the polar bear or the Beatles song, but it is definitely important in a vague sense. Yeah, it's missing I one eye too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. As as the polar bear, uh, teddy bear, is missing one eye, yeah. and yeah, it's all very mysterious. I I doubt they're gonna they're gonna be able to wrap 
everything up in one last episode. What do you? I guys hope think? it's an hour and a half or something. Is yeah, one, there's too. one more, only one more episode, huh? Yeah, I yes. hope it's longer. The, the at least longer yeah. than the standard sixty minutes. I I hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I mean, la- the last episode kind of like dropped a bunch of like bombshells on us, you know, with the uh, the uh, I forget the lady's name who, uh, who who runs the mine, but she's like they cannot find that cave, you know. With, right, uh, right, gotta, yeah. Got I know I promised you uh, the sh- the sheriff's job, right? The chief chief of mm-hmm. police of Ennis, but I couldn't mm-hmm. deliver. You know, she could say couldn't deliver it once. Uh, uh, and he was going to kill Jodie Foster, right? That's the reason the son shot him. Uh, absolutely, because yeah. you yeah. see him slowly rising the, the, yeah. the gun up. And, and he he told that lady, like Tooch was talking about, he goes, I'm not a killer. But clearly yeah. he fucking is, because yeah. she just has to say, don't even tell me the details, and he's willing to murder everybody. Yeah, he yep. killed Otis, like, no problem. Yep. Yeah, his 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 son knew that his dad was crooked and uh, was disappointed in him. That's why he pulled the trigger. He had to make a choice between my boss and my father, and he he picked killing his father. So, yeah. all right, Esquire magazine has four th- uh, th- uh, theories on the finale that all are right. based on Man, nice ideas from people on Reddit. You know, Reddit has. These I haven't stand- seen this yet. All this yeah. is going to be good. All right, so uh, 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 theory number one: Navarro is behind everything because no way. She has split personalities and Ooh. she has secretly committed the murders, and that's rapidly gaining traction on Reddit. What do you guys think? No way, she killed it's possible. What's her name? The lady that they're trying to track down uh, from the cave, yeah. Annie, Kautau. Annie K, Annie K. No way, she killed her. She cares too much. I, I don't see it. If she has split personalities, she's the one uh, experiencing all of these spiritual messages to her it, it yeah. at times it does look like she she walked out schizophrenic. she walked yes. out she almost died from that's her, right i was calling you i was calling you yeah. you didn't hear me yeah where, where'd uh, you go yeah. where'd you go yeah so i i think there is a glimmer of possibility <laughs> she raped that guy too so <laughs> I, I just don't i just don't see it <laughs> I, I hope that's not the case because yeah. I love her character so much. But I believe that Navarro is going to have a big role in terms of us learning what's behind these killings. They kind of played around with that in the, the last season with uh, Mahershal Ali where he couldn't remember what the hell he did and ha- what happened. Remember he had the memory issue? Yeah, that's yeah, That's a yeah. good you know, point. But, but good point, yes. Maybe they're taking it a little st- one step further. I don't know. It's, it's possible, yeah. but I, – I, I don't know. I'm kind of like leaning. It's possible, but I, I, there's got to be another explanation that I might like better, you know? Well, Tooch, you make a good point there because these are new showrunners. It's not done by yeah. the guy who's done the first three seasons. Yeah. And one of the things that we've discovered is that she is kind of, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, paying homage to some of the other seasons with the circular thing. Yeah. She's trying to connect things. So what yeah. you just said there, uh, Tooch, kind of makes sense. Yeah. All right. Here's theory number two. And you guys are going to help me with, with this one. The crab ladies are the ones to blame. It mm. says B and Blair, the two women who work at the yeah. crab company factory, keep popping up in the background. When B was asked about the spiral, she seemed nervous. Later, Blair is at in the laundromat when Navarro talks about the ice caves. She's also missing two fingers on her right hand. In a blink-if-you-miss-it moment from episode two, Prior tells Danvers that one of the scientist's shoes 
had a handprint on it that was missing two fingers. What do you guys think about the crowd? Wow. I, I I didn't notice any of that, and I feel like I've watched episodes um, more multiple times too. Prior said that. <laughs> that's what it says according to this. That's uh, I don't remember. I have to go. I have to look at that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, I I yeah. found this fascinating, and the whole idea that the crab ladies might be involved on it th that came to me way out of fucking left field. Saying, "Holy shit, can that possibly be it?" Uh, and Zach says the ham sandwich did it. <laughs> Possible. All right. Theory number three. It was mast mass psychosis. Do you remember in the episode where all of the antelier deers are just jumping yeah. off the Very cliff? First the scene of the, of the show. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it says here in the article, for written by a guy named uh, Josh Rosenberg. Um, I was going to say Josh Rosen, the NFL bust. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's writing doing, articles now he's doing something useful now <laughs> switch switch careers uh for we do not know what beasts the night dreams when it when its hours grow too long for even god to be awake for those who still believe that nothing supernatural is going on this theory is for you the above quote is from a Robert Chambers book. The collection of short stories has served as a major inspiration for both season one and season four Night Country, yeah. including Ennis' uh, state of perpetual night. It's simple. Take away the daylight and your body will be affected. Shared psychotic disorder is something that happens when you're in the dark for a long period of time now that sounds a little too scientific for me but it could be it seems like the easy way out though doesn't it It does that one yeah. does yes <laughs> what do you think dad like that it means it's probably much. more likely than since it's the easy way out <laughs> that's right <laughs> Uh, uh, and the final one is the myth. Wasn't there a, a, a quote at the beginning of the very first show? Yeah. Was it by that Robert Chambers uh, author? I don't know. I can't know. remember. There's a very first, I can't, my, for some reason, I don't know, I can't use, I can't search on my whatever. Uh, why? What's going on there? I, I can't search in Safari. It's like a. I pay you all this money, Tooch. I know. It's like Google won't come up. Google like just stops it. Like I try, I try a different, maybe Bing or something. I don't know, man. You know, know, I like the idea it's of Google. mass. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of mass psychosis, but I wish there would have been more clues to kind of lead me to believe that that might be the case. But who knows? It could happen. All right, the final one that I got for you is the myth of Sedna night country goes full supernatural. Here's what they write under that title on the reverse side of the last theory. Maybe night country isn't giving us supernatural red herrings in the Inuit story of Sedna. A girl becomes a goddess after she's thrown into the ocean by her father. And some tellings of the story, her fingers are also cut off, which then becomes the sea creatures early in night country. Prior discovers that his son, Darwin, drew a blue female with severed fingers. The showrunner this year, Isa Lopez, later confirmed on Instagram that this was a direct connection to Sedna. Is it possible that everyone's saying she's awake? Could yeah. signal that the goddess Sedna is angry about the pollution from the scientists and the mind. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's the one thing I haven't been able to figure out is what the hell they're talking about when they say she's awake. 
Yes. You know, because initially I say it's like, did they bring Annie Kotak back to life? You know, <laughs> because uh, they were experimenting with uh, 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 gene or life extension therapy or something up there with them, whether it was uh, uh, cryogenics or uh, the uh, or organism that they had, microorganisms they had found like that are millions of years old. You know, I, lo- I love when Tooch, uh, you know, talks about stories because. It's clear that he's paying attention. I'm fucking smoking marijuana. I to, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have to watch it twice, and I don't think that's enough, man. I, I agree. That's why I love this series. And my final question for you guys is, I, I truly believe this is the best season of True Detective. No. Really? Well, season one was pretty damn good, but this is this is up there, man. I really. I love season two as well. I mean, I love season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And season three was good, too. Like, I think this is probably the worst, but I like it. I mean, it's not like I think "Ah, I'm giving it one star or something, but I know everyone else hated season two, but I fucking love season two. I love season one. A three was pretty good, and this is pretty good. I like season three, but I tell you, I I can't really remember what it was about, so it didn't stick with me like this one. This one's very haunting. You know, not only do you have, like, the dark and Yeah. Well, season two was that the one with Rachel McAdams? Vince, yes. Vince Vaughn yeah. and okay. uh, Taylor. That uh, that's all I Del remember Vera. of season two because I have a crush on Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she is so fucking hot. Well, the things. I, if yeah, you don't mind me, give me so thirty cute. seconds on season two. Take uh, ninety. <laughs> well, Vince Vaughn's character is in theory the bad guy because he's the mob yeah. guy, yep. but in a world with all the police being corrupt, he's actually the one with the character in it. I like that. He's the actually the good guy. He's the protagonist, and you don't realize it until the end. And just his death at the end of it, man, like he gets stabbed, and he's trying to get to his woman. He, he like all the guys. See, in season one, everyone said it was a bromance between McConaughey and Harrelson. So mm-hmm. all the women live in season two, and the guys die. And mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn's death, man, he gets stabbed and he's walking in the desert and he's reliving all these things like people taunting him when he like black guys taunting him for being white when he's selling dope early in his life and his dad calling him a pussy. And then eventually he sees his woman and he, he's like, we made it. We can live on. You know, we can go. And she's like, no, you you, you didn't. You, you died back there. And he looks back at his body and he falls. Oh, man, that was so good. That's and, good stuff. Yeah. Was yeah. Good- and Colin Farrell early in the season had a dream that he was shot to death and yeah. his dad told him about it and said, you were surrounded by big trees. And that's how he dies in the finale is what he dreamt about in season or episode like two or three. Yeah. It was a horrible death, you know? And again, he could have made it, but he wanted to talk to his son. It's yeah. just, man, it was so good. I, I, I thought season two was so misunderstood. Yeah. Can we please get back to how beautiful Rachel McAdams is? <laughs> so hot, man. She's oh like my a little, gosh. <laughs> a little pepper pot, man. Oh, and, and every role that she's in, I'm yeah. fascinated by her acting. I think she's a tremendous yeah, actor. Uh, the movie that she did that won an Academy Award where she plays a reporter at the Boston newspaper that uncovered the yeah. Catholic priest. Was that spotlight? You know, spotlight. Yes. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Spotlight. Yeah, she was spotlight. great in that. It was, it was, you know, she played basically kind of a frumpy type of reporter, basic reporter. But even then I thought she was so sexy. I've the, seen that movie 10 times. <laughs> the notebook. She was beyond cute. <laughs> ah, yes. So oh cute. my God. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh my. And then God. you know she was the uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes love interest. She was really. Cute. Oh, that's right. That's right. And don't forget Mean Girls. She's the one they made gain weight. Yep. Great performance. That's the first time I saw her on. By the way, Lindsay Lohan is super hot in that Mean Girls movie. Holy shit, it's beautiful. And the other movie with Rachel McAdams, uh, where she, uh, it's a Wes Craven movie where Billy, not Billy Crudup, the guy who played Oppenheimer. Uh, Killian uh. Murphy. What's his name? Killian Murphy. Oh, that's right. Killian Murphy, yes. Have you guys seen, uh, uh, what yeah, is what it is called? That? Red, Red something. Red something, yes. Yeah. It's the, the airplane. Right. That, right. Yeah. She's on an airplane. She's a hotel director. Red, red eye. Red eye. Red eye. Thank red you. Eye. Yep. Thank you. Great movie. Wes Craven directs it, yep. who is a master horror movie, but he went outside the genre just to create a, a, an action film. Yeah. They, uh, 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 Murphy and McAdams are passengers in a plane, and he, he forces her. I won't say how he, he goes about it, but he forces her to place – Call back to the hotel and have this uh, president uh, or a government official in a put in a different room so that way terrorists can kill him. So it, it becomes a you know a race against time to try to save the lives of the diplomat. It's a basically a cookie cutter Hollywood film, but because of Wes Craven, the director, and the fine performances by the two leads, it's a really worthwhile. Movie. I'm surprised Liam Neeson's not in that. <laughs> he's in everything. Yeah. Man, have you he, guys, go ahead. He was he was in fucking Schindler's List. He was like this yeah. serious actor and did Taken and like that's it's taken his whole career into these shitty movies. I think. I, told I know. Him, although forty two years ago he was an Excalibur. <laughs> oh you man, know, I gotta I gotta watch that again just to see him in there. Does he have yeah. a prominent role in Excalibur? Yeah, Sir Gawain. Wow! Yeah, he 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 questions the queen's honor and fights Lancelot. Have you seen that movie, uh, Dan? I have not. I have not seen it. It's It's over the top, man. It's it's a uh, gladiator film, but it's done with awesome. King Arthur. Yep, John Borman film. That he's the guy that directed Exorcist Two. Exorcist Two, and uh, didn't he do? No, no, that was Frankenheimer. I was going to say Black Sunday. Yeah, uh, John. Yeah, that was John Frankenheimer. Great film. Great film. Borman Borman has done some good things. Um, There was one other thing I wanted to see. Was Rachel McAdams in Wedding Crashers? I just can't remember. Yeah, Yeah. she was. Yes, I know. My buddy David Eckfall said, "Yeah, I can't remember." That that was Vince Vaughn too, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Vince Vaughn, Bradley Cooper, and uh, uh, the Owen season two. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Owen Wilson, good cast, absolutely yeah. good cast. And then the redhead in that Wedding Crashers film, who who plays kind of a nymphomaniac who is all into Vince Vaughn, Isla, Isla something. It, it, oh, I love that he's coming at the table. That is so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, uh, that's one of my favorite. You know, uh, f- full out like the forty year old virgin yeah. and and Wedding Crashers. That's one of my favorite movies where i just want to fucking laugh uh, and that, that's a go-to movie definitely east love fisher thank you david yeah. Hey, yeah. i mentioned this to you in text one day and because I, I was seeing the trailer for a movie 
It's like, man, who is wor- the worst leading man now? Is that Jason Stahem or whatever his fucking name is? He's all in these these same action movies. You don't like Jason Stahem? Oh God, what a horrible leading man he is. He <laughs> and he and Vin Diesel are like my least favorite actors, I think, of all time. I gotta, uh, I gotta admit, I've never seen, I haven't seen many Snatch. movies where he's the lead. Jason Stahem's great in Snatch. Love him in Snatch. He's yes. like, he's not really the leading man. I guess he kind of is. There's I mean, nobody that's yeah, the leading it's, it's man. A, in it's movie. a, it's a, 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 like a, a, a ensemble, ensemble cast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Brad Pitt is in it. Yeah, that's a great film. Brad I Pitt love... is hilarious. Man, oh my movie. gosh, he's got this thick <laughs> Irish brogue. You can't understand a word he's fucking mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I saw, seen... I saw that shit at the theater and hated it because oh, wow. I couldn't understand it. But I think yeah, if I watch it with subtitles, it might be better. It's like the first time I met Chris, you know, from England. I was like, what's Chris Watts saying? I have no fucking idea. It reminded me of that movie Snatch. And I love Chris Watts. Uh, that movie, that movie though, I saw it at the theater because of Brad Pitt, and I hated it. But maybe if I watch it with subtitles. There's a, 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 I think it's Guy Ritchie, too. He's had Jason Statham in uh, more yeah. than a few movies. There's one. Yes, he has. There's one that he just did recently, which was really good. It's about the uh, armored car robberies. That's also an ensemble cast of Jason. And Dan, you'd really like that one. I can't. I just can't remember the, the name. The movie that Guy Ritchie made that I love is the one that had Hugh Grant in it and uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey a few years ago. The Gentleman. The Gentleman. Yeah. Oh, that one. is that's, fucking great. That's the same. Uh, like uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, and The Gentleman. Those are all the same. Like area of london and character oh and uh colin farrell's in there too colin farrell yep yeah all right can we talk about this comment here about uh mr mayhem saying uh brad pitt Uh, mr mayhem i I love your opinions but i think you're wrong on this one brad pitt is underrated if anything exactly exactly he and other actors you know male actors who are good looking guys i think they don't get the credit that they deserve i gotta tell you if you if you doubt me Rewatch because you probably have seen it, The Fight Club. It's one of the best acted movies. Edward Norton and Brad Pitt in the two leads, uh, Pitt playing Tyler Durden, this kind of mystical figure uh, that uh, it, uh, plays a role in leading this moral journey through this film. Brad Pitt is phenomenal in that fucking movie. And I always thought, that Brad Pitt, you know, good-looking guy. He's probably stupid as hell. I watched the the Fight Club DVD extra with David Fincher, Edward Norton, and Brad Pitt talking about the movie. I was fucking shocked. I was like, Brad Pitt actually has a fucking working brain. This guy is, is talking about his character and the film's themes in such an intellectual way. And Ed Norton is the guy that, that went to Yale or some school like that. He he matched wits with him throughout this uh, the you, DVD extra. It's really did good. Did you see that Tarantino reportedly has hired Pitt to play the lead in his last movie? Nice. Oh, really? Right. That'll be his third. Yeah, he's great in the, in the, in the Tarantino movies. That'll be his yeah. third one in Glorious Bastards Glorious and Bastards. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, both great movies. Absolutely. You know, the one uh, uh, Dan and Aldo should check out is called Wrath of Man, which is okay. 2021. Have you seen it? It's got a great cast, man. No. It's got uh, Jeffrey Donovan. I don't know if you know who he I is. I thought you He's said like, Jeffrey Dahmer at first. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan, Josh Hartnett, Scott Eastwood, who Clint, who's Clint Eastwood's 
son, Andy Garcia, Holt McElhaney, uh, Eddie Marsan. I mean, it's a great cast. Uh, and Statham, of course, is the uh, the lead singer. It's, it's got it's one of those uh, like Pulp Fiction esque type. Uh, oh, okay. Reservoir Dogs type heist movies mm -hmm. where they're kind of told maybe out of order a little bit, and there's some, like different scenes are told. Uh, you reveal a little bit more about what's going on. When you say Andy Garcia, it's yeah. hard for me not to say this immediately. Did they really have to do the incest thing on Godfather Three? I mean, <laughs> I'm not buying that. I'm not. I, that's like the worst part of the film. Yeah. Like they didn't know each other, like, but they knew each other. But he's in love with her now. I just, I don't know if I. I you know what I'm talking about, right? It's uh, oh, no. okay. Yeah, definitely yeah. check it out. Although, I mean, you like those. This is like armored truck robberies. It's very like complex plan and stuff. Love like, it. You, you know the uh, racetrack robbery one we were talking about last week. Right, it's in, right. The, it's in that similar vein, man. It's killer. Mm -hmm. Really excellent. You I know? gotta check it out. Yeah. Anything with Guy Ritchie after uh, after uh, Snatch, yeah. I said to myself, and then he did the uh, uh, lock, lock, stock, lock, stock, and yeah, barrel. It was the one that he broke out in. Yes, lock, 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 stock, two smoking barrels. There you go. Uh, when I saw that one, I said I got to keep an eye on that. And the following year or two, he did uh, Snatch. I was like, this guy's yeah. a good director. And he came and he was, in Madonna. And he came yep. all over her face, according to yeah. some people. <laughs> someone said he has a huge member, too. Madonna said he has a huge member. Really? Well, someone in the chat yeah. room. <laughs> you know, com coming from Mad from Madonna, that's quite the compliment. Quite the compliment. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she's probably seen quite a few. <laughs> I love yeah. you, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meet Joe Black. You guys ever see that Brad Pitt movie? Yep. And, no. Uh, God, what was that? that? Is that the one? No, that's what's the Anthony, one where he... Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Okay, what was the one where he ages backwards? Uh, that uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah, Benjamin Button. Okay, I didn't I, watch I that either. Confused a little. Bit. Is it Benjamin, good? Yeah, Benjamin Button good, is yeah. good. Yes, oh, yeah. I I actually bought the DVD and the extras on that are excellent because uh, there's a lot of special effects and there's a lot of talk about the theme <laughs> of the Zach, movie. Zach Sullivan. <laughs> Zach's our our members experts. <laughs> I never saw Meet Joe Black because uh, it just seemed to be a film about a good-looking guy, you know. And Brad Pitt is a good-looking guy. I don't need to be reminded of that, you know. And so that's what the previews sort of told me. Now, a movie with Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins acting. Uh, Le Legends of the Fall? Legends, yeah, exactly. That's Another a great, great example. Edward Zwick directed Legends of the Fall, and I thought that was a pretty good movie. But I thought, okay, I've seen enough of Brad Pitt acting like a good-looking dude, yeah. and that's. And then when uh, uh, Fight Club came out, I was like, okay, this is the Brad Pitt I want. The best. Did Edward he, he's Zwick? Got range. He's got range. Zwick is yeah. is that the guy that did Thirty Something and About Last Night? Yes. Uh no, no, no. He did not. Uh, Edward Zick did the uh, the Civil War movie with the African Americans, with star De uh, 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 Denzel Washington. Glory, glory, glory. Yes, yes. Excellent, excellent film. That's when I first noticed yeah, uh, Zwick. Yeah. But I don't think he did those two films you just mentioned. Well, I mean, the one was a TV show, but about last night yeah. was in Chicago. Great fucking movie yeah. from '86. Love it. Love well, who direct? I'm looking this up. Yeah, it was Edward Zwick. He directed about last night and thirty something on TV. Damn. 
Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know that. I love that they're in Chicago on it. There's like Jim McMahon, Walter stuff throughout the film, if you look. Yes. Back. John Belushi. Uh, yeah, Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. He's pounding Demi Moore in it. Oh, my gosh. Great sex scenes with Demi He's, Moore. Rob Lowe still looks the same. He's like, yeah. hasn't aged at all. He's yeah, like, Rob Lowe's like, like John Stamos. He's like, yeah, like you said, they're like 60 and they look like they did when they were 28. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? I don't get it. Yeah. Fuck you, Rob Lowe. Yeah. Seven, great movie. Seven's <laughs> yeah, a great seven's movie. Yep. Love Seven, and that's a DVD with fantastic yeah. extras. That's David Fincher. Yeah, yes. it rains in every scene in Seven. Yeah. Have you noticed yep. that? I mean, the yep. whole fucking movie. With the exception of the last scene when... Oh, what's watch- in the box? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't that good of an actor at that time. No, you know, I agree. I, I, I liked. Agree. Well, I enjoyed the movie and the, his performance. He, he was kind of like learning the craft. He you know? he hated. I don't know if you know this interview with the vampires. I, ironic. I was yeah. going there and it showed up on the screen. He hated that movie so much. He tried to get his agent to get him out of it while they were shooting. He's like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if I have to pay how much money. He's like, it, they were in England. It was cold. He was depressed. He begged and begged and begged to get out of it and and got through it. But he says the worst time of his life professionally. Wow. He hated that movie. What Did you see uh, 12 Monkeys? Yeah, oh, I it? like 12 Monkeys. That's yeah. Love it. Killer, love man. it. Great movie. That's uh, Terry, Terry Gilliam. Terry, Terry Gilliam. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, very good movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought the film where he, he, again, he fucked over Jennifer Aniston because of it, but the one with he and Angelina Jolie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I, I dug that. Vince Vaughn's in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug Doug Lyman, who has done some really good movies over the course of his career, directed that one, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, you talk about Rachel McAdams. Angelina Jolie does it for me, man. That Those eyes and those lips, uh, you know, body type, uh, okay, I don't care. I'm just going to look at your face while I pretend to make love to you. <laughs> her, mother, her mother had lips like that. That's right. Her mom did. Yeah, that's uh, where they come from, man. It's John, not from John Voight. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. They don't talk to each other because their political beliefs are... Uh, you remember how fucking it. odd it was in the early 2000s when she was always like making out with her brother and shit, and that's when she was drinking Billy Bob Thornton's blood, and she was a strange chick early on, and then she's like, I'm just going to adopt 29 kids from different nations. That's right. I've what? stopped sucking dick and sucking blood, and I don't kiss my brother anymore. Now I'm a mom for every nation. She's my hero. Muck <laughs> <laughs> uh, Muck says she's a weirdo. Yeah, it's an understatement. Uh, Across the Tracks, good pit movie, low don't budget. Know that one. Don't know that one. I don't what know about, that one either. What about California, where he plays a serial yeah. killer? Right? Yeah. yeah, Juliet Lewis is in it, and David Duchovny. Yeah, and that, that there's another woman in that movie. I, I, uh, she's not well known, but she's very attractive. She she had that very short dark hair. She was uh, with uh, David Duchovny. They were part of the people right, right. driving them to uh, this place. Uh, a, a sweetheart. Moneyball, I, I thought he was pretty good as the GM. Great. I didn't like Moneyball. I oh, thought, I got to go, unfortunately. But I, I thought he was good with uh, Gandolfini and Julia Robertson, the Mexican. Never saw it. Oh, man, James Gandolfini's gay in it. It's great. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he, uh, you wouldn't know it, but he he admits it throughout the film. And Brad Pitt is just, like, so quirky and funny in it. And 
you know, and Julie, Julia Roberts is kind of like annoyed by him the whole film. Mm-hmm. I think that was really good. I saw it at the theater in like 2000, maybe. Yeah. Well, Mr. Uh, Mayhem, I think you're wrong on this one. You got to revisit your thoughts on uh, Brad Pitt. He's, he's yeah. He picks great projects to be in. Every once in a while, he's in a stupid project to help pay the bills and stuff. But he's a true artist. The guy the guy is good at what he does. Yep. Dan, you're going to uh, the job to save lives? Yep, that's where I'm headed. Why don't you stick around a little and let people die? <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I could, man. I love the movie talk. I do, but yeah, I don't know about people dying. Hopefully, that's not the case. But what was uh any any recent? Uh, you know, I know you can't name names and get into specifics, but any recent? Uh, oh, I, we had a terrible terrible incident a couple of weeks ago, and it's like, you know, again, I, I don't do any drugs or any of that thing. So part of the reason I haven't is the shit bags I deal with. This. These two fuckers uh, were doing whatever they were doing. That's fine. They had a one-year-old, and and suffice to say, the one-year-old got fentanyl in it. And uh, about four hours later, the forensics nurse called, and you know, so to me that implied that the kid didn't make it. But I didn't even clarify. I didn't. I just didn't even want to know. But uh, they, she said she needed to talk to CPS, you know, Child Protective Services, and and the officer or agency that he represented. So I thought she was calling to say the kid died, but. A one-year-old getting in that shit. I don't care if you're a junkie or not. Take care of your goddamn baby, man. Come on. For sure. And let me ask you a question. When 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 you're seated at your desk and a call comes in, what is it that you say? Well, the, the people like normally say, or they're trained the new people to say like nine one one. Where's your emergency? All this shit. I just say nine one one and let people talk. Ah, so all you say is nine one one. I say 911. I'll let you say what you have to say real quick because usually people are high strung. And then I'm like, all right, Mr. Gandhi, I get it. But where do you live? Where are you? And then gotcha. then I start asking my questions, but I try to make it as a con- much as a conversation as I can uh, because when people know that you're asking questions just because you have to cover your own ass, they get really annoyed. Oh, okay. They're like, just yeah. get them here. And I have to say, listen, we're not wasting time. The other dispatchers already got people in help. Help me find you. Help me help you. It's dark. What color is your house? Do you have any vehicles out front? Uh, you know, do you, do you have a pool? Like, wh- what what stands out? But a lot of times when people are upset, they don't want to give you those inf- the, those those cues, you know? But again, I'm working at night. We have to have that shit. Yeah. Sure, sure. I, the reason I ask is we, we have to do some kind of a skit where, you know, you're uh, the 911 caller and some woman is calling, you know, they're going to draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I need your help. Okay, oh, my look. God. What are we going to do? <laughs> so I let's work. Yeah, Tooch and Dan and myself will work on that little skit for next week's episode. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll let you out of here. All right, Danny. All right. You all be well. It was a good show. I loved it. I'm sorry I was late, Aldo. I couldn't help it, though. No, don't worry about it, man. Fucking man. work, man. That basketball game. That and there'll be one next play. week, too. But I'll do everything I can to get my work there uh, early on Monday and stuff. But long story short, the game tonight didn't tip to 740. So, I mean, it's just like I don't, normally they tip at 7 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's part of the reason it was, just, I, it was unavoidable. Don't worry. I, I know you were really getting your dick. That's why I I chose that picture. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, brother. Thank you, man. You all be careful. That's Dan Aguirre, my good buddy. And now it is time for just me and all. 
yeah, it's it's the uh, John and Aldo bear yeah. this whole show. <laughs> did, uh, did you play any of those props I gave you? Because man, I, I did I not. Lit, I, I think I'm six and two with those props. Man, I made so much nice. money on the Super Bowl. Oh, good for yeah. you. But Anthony and I decided that we would play our top prop, mm-hmm. you know, which was Patrick Mahomes over four and a half rushing attempts, you know, and. We're just like, because we were talking like kneel downs count. You can kneel down, right? You know, and that counts as a rushing attempt. And uh, oh, that's right, yeah. And we decided we're going to put as much money as we could. Let's max bet it, you mm-hmm. know. And he had like eight carries. You know, it's just like him scrambling around and stuff. You know, it was no, it was so easy. <laughs> the guy who set that line is fired. Yeah, Monday, really. You know? Well, you know, I, I, I was surprised because the other one, well, you know, was the Brock Purdy 12.5 yards rushing. Right, I don't think it got there, did it? He did. Oh, he did? got okay. like 13 or 14. Okay, yeah. it was right there. Okay, and then yeah. I had uh, Harrison Butker over one and a half field goals. I think he kicked four. Yeah. Uh, and I had uh, um, Nick Bosa over three and a half tackles plus assists. That was easy at eight. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, Brock Purdy over rushing. Uh, yeah, just cleaned up, you know, like nice. Uh, and then both my college basketball plays won too. So, but now my car needs repairs that I have to take from the account. You know, I think what it's happened? Like a, what happened to your car? I, I think it's like a tie rod or ball joint, you know, because yeah. it was like getting a little complainy when I turned it back. Like, oh, crap. It's like, mm. you know, it's like metal groaning. You know, and then I was like driving home from uh, work on the highway and I got about 65 and started vibrating. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Pull over, check, see if I had a flat tire. Didn't have a flat tire. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it's something like that. And like these days, they're kind of like, they'll replace that whole like control rod, uh, t- uh, control arm, tie rod, and ball joint. And like, it's like one piece. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's even if it's just one thing, I have to like buy all three and I have them install it. I don't know. We'll find mm-hmm. out tomorrow, but. Well, good luck with that. David, uh, I think, yep. is correctly correcting me. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, he didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, he went from 13 yep. to 12 yards with that kneel down. So yep. Yep. Uh, I know that I, I was interested in making that bet, and I yep. think I actually tweeted out that they both were uh, over, but yep. uh, that was before the fourth down kneel down play. Yeah, so. Patrick Mahomes over four and a half rushing attempts. I, I, I knew that was a winner, just like oh, I knew that. Oh, fucking A. Harrison Butker over one and a half field goals was a a, a winner also. What were your overall impressions of the game? uh, I had Elijah Elijah Mitchell over three and a half yards longest run. His first carry was seven yards. Nice, nice. Uh, I didn't play the game, you know, because that line was so sharp. I mean, the the total was forty seven and a half, and there was forty seven points scored, and that Mm -hmm. was with overtime. How sharp was that fucking line? No shit, you know. So, uh, yeah, I went to 47, right at 47 and a half was the number. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I, I, you know, it was hard. We talked about it. It was hard to understand why 49ers were favored, mm-hmm. you know, with Mahomes, you know, because you just you know, give Mahomes points. Yeah. You know, so my, you know, my lean was to, was to, would, would have been to play the Chiefs to win. It's just Mahomes, you know. Sure. It's just going to get it done. Yeah. You know, it's like the, they're the next dynasty. You know, they've won three three already. You know, he's got three, three Super Bowls. He's the youngest kid with three three Super Bowls or three rings, right? Yeah, I think you have to call this a dynasty that they're yeah. in now. Absolutely. You know, the way uh, football is now with free agency and all that stuff. They, that, Zach is asking, did Vegas lose their asses Sunday? I, I don't know. You know, uh, Anthony says no because uh, uh, I mean, a lot of the money was on the Chiefs, but there were a lot of futures on the, on the 49ers. You know, mm-hmm. to make it to the Super Bowl is the NFC 
uh, conference uh, champion. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I would assume they probably lost out, but they made them, they're making money on whatever else, you know, parlays or props. So I, I don't know. I had to have to get back on that, but yeah, a, a lot of, the, there were a lot of like large bets on the 49ers mm-hmm. too. So I mean, like maybe a lot of the tickets were on the chiefs, but a lot of money was also on the 49ers. So. Right. What the, what do you think about all of these theories that the NFL has become rigged? Scripted. You know, Mr. Yeah, scripted. Mr. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mr. Mayhem brings it up. What, what Man, do you think? I, I just think it would be so hard to do. Right. You know, and pull it off. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I would lean no. You know, and a lot of that stuff is just like circumstantial or coincidental. Right. I do, you know, in this day and age, um, I do believe that it's possible, but highly unlikely. And and if they are doing it, they're doing it by encouraging officials to do things in a certain way that will benefit a certain team or player or something like that. Yeah. And I also think that there is kind of this implicit bias that we have seen through for decades, you know, I, I don't believe NBA officials purposely gave Michael Jordan a free ride, but Michael Jordan and all the other NBA superstars, they're superstars, and you are you're gonna be late to call a, a foul on them or or overlook a foul. You you agree with that theory? Absolutely, yeah, it's 100 yeah. percent It's like a lot of those a lot of those uh, uh, officials in the NBA were just like, how the fuck did he do that? You know, just like, <laughs> you know, and then you know they're just like, after a while, they're just like, it's Jordan, you know, giving him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. He's incredible, yep. you know, stuff like that. But uh, uh, for you know, a, a few things kind of stood out for me about with Super Bowls. Like, I someone had said like Matt Nagy was calling the plays in the first half, and then you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Andy Reid was playing him in the second half. I, I like the, the Travis Kelsey attacking his coach. He almost knocked the poor guy over. Yeah. You know, I felt a little sorry for Andy Reid. I'm like, come on, it's a little disrespectful. You know, mm-hmm. this whole this whole Travis and, and Taylor thing has gotten out of control. It's overshadowing the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, around here, you know, of course, it was a lot of uh, conflicted Iowans, you know, who uh, uh, love Brock Purdy because, you know, he's Iowa State, oh, the best quarterback yeah. Iowa State, you know. Uh, yes. A lot of I mean, Iowa, Iowa State's like 25 minutes from me. Yeah. Oh, look at my hey, how's that happen? I, I don't know. I just threw up a thumb and it gave, you know. It, it that is up. weird. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about this? And then, you know, George Kittle went to University of Iowa. So a lot of people like love the 49ers. Right. You know, right. Uh, Iowa State's just down the road from me. And uh, uh, I then you have the Chiefs. That. Chiefs are yeah. two and a half hours from here. You know, a lot of people exactly. love exactly a lot of Kansas City fans and, you know, Mahomes and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at the, the church I go to, Brock Purdy uh, attended as well. You know the uh, Hope Hope Church in West Des Moines. Right. He he, uh, uh, you know they played in 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 the service that they played uh, uh, Brock Purdy at the church, handing out you know or uh, working the food drive. Oh wow! You know, cool. They have a food drive every year for uh, food pantries in Central Iowa, and you know they had uh, they played you know just because it was Super Bowl weekend, they played you know Brock Purdy at the church handing out. Mm-hmm. working you know not handing out but collecting food donations mm-hmm. and stuff so gotcha. and like i said the bears uh tight end chase allen also was a uh, attended there oh uh, cool he's iowa state uh yeah uh, yeah the chiefs yeah a lot of chiefs fans yeah definitely you're, you're a lot of vikings fans and then the other 
team, the Chiefs, Vikings, and I would say like Bears and Packers are like the next few because mm-hmm. the Packers, you know, Wisconsin's not that far. You know, Prairie, Prairie Duchesne's just across the river in the uh, northeastern uh, corner of Iowa. And then, you mm-hmm. know, Chicago's five hours away. You know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Kansas City's two and a half hours away. And then if any if any of the players went to Iowa or Iowa State, you know they like the they like those teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I was once interviewed by an Iowa radio station. They wanted to do a feature on NFC North teams, and back then I was doing the NFC North bar room, yeah. and uh, that's when I learned that Iowa and Kansas because they started asking me questions about Kansas City. I'm like, guys, you got the wrong guy. I don't follow yeah. the AFC. Central yeah. or whatever division yeah. that it's yeah, it's yeah. real close. I went I mean we went there. I gotta tell you, we went there over I don't David Eckball is in, in the chat room. Yeah, we went this summer to um Kansas City for a weekend, my wife and mm-hmm. girls and I and uh, another family, uh Filipino overseas yeah. workers. Nice. We went uh they have a they have a zoo with a brand new aquarium. Oh the zoo fabulous. beautiful zoo. Like and we're always like Omaha has the best zoo, right? I mean, Kansas City is beautiful, their zoo is beautiful. And then, uh, uh, we went there and then I was like, telling my wife, look, Kansas city, we got to go get some barbecue, you know? Mm-hmm. So like we, we finish up from the, from the zoo, we drive over to Jack stack, which is like a famous barbecue spot, you know, uh, upper class, you know, high, higher class, uh, barbecue Jack nice. stack. And I was like, Oh honey, I'm really not that hungry. I'm been picking and stuff and walk in there. I'm like, Woo! I am really hungry. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> it smelled so good in there. It's like uh, smoke, and barbecue, meats, nice. cooking, and stuff. And waitress tells us you gotta try the lamb ribs. That's our specialty. I was like, lamb ribs? I don't know, man. It's like I get a little slab. It's like a little miniature lamb rib slab. It was mm-hmm. so fucking good, man. It was so tender. You know, just tender, smoked, and they do like a dry rub. Did oh, it remind so- you of the gyro meat? But, uh, no, it was not gamey at all. It was just like uh, like uh, uh, short ribs, you know, beef mm-hmm. short ribs, you know, or, or uh, if you do, if you do like a beef stew or chuck, you know, uh, uh, slow cooked, you know, uh, that kind of like where it's just very yeah. tender, man. A little oh. fat, a little fatty, a little greasy. Oh, so good, man. And they don't, you know, they don't. Uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, they serve the sauce on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the way stabbing. the way I like it. Yeah. Yep. If you want sauce, you use it, you know? Yes, exactly. had a few different kinds, you know, like a standard Kansas City barbecue sauce. They had like a spicy one, which was really good. Not too hot, just spicy enough. Then they had like a vinegar-based loose, like wet sauce. That was excellent. Mm. You know, yeah. That's, uh, you know, uh, here in the Chicago area, you probably know this, uh, one of the worst suburbs every year would have a barbecue ribs festival with – Oh yeah. uh, Naperville, yeah, was, Naperville had rib fest. I yeah. think it was, that's where that's where yeah. it was. Naperville, yeah. yes. My and hometown, yep. My gosh, how fun was that? Yeah, it's like I saw maybe, sticks, sticks play there one time. Yeah, they got yeah. live music. They got yeah. uh, carnival rides and so forth, and about forty plus uh, food stands with different oh, types yeah. of ribs. Yep. Oh, get out of yep. my way! Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It. If if uh, if you're in Kansas City, like. Jack stack. I, I really enjoy it, man. I would get the lamb ribs again. You know, it's like, forget about the rest of the stuff. I, you know, I tried to brisket. I tried it fine. You know, their, their, pork ribs are excellent too, but the lamb ribs are like, mm. I got to give that a shot. Sounds man. delicious. Yeah. I, I did ribs for the Super Bowl with by my buddy Tom's house. Nice. I had like three slabs in the smoker. I did like, I was, 
I like a dry rub. This time I did like a paste, mm-hmm. you know, to, just to catch the smoke a little better. You know, it's like most mostly like, uh, you know, the dry spices with a little oil and vinegar, you know, mm-hmm. and then just smeared it, let it sit, marinate, and then threw it in the smoker for like five hours, 275. Ooh. But I had you have to get it to one, what well, one ninety five to two hundred. The pork ribs start to fall off the bone. Oh, really? You know, okay. at that internal temperature, and I'm like, "Fuck, the game's coming up." I'm at, I'm plateaued at one seventy six. Man, I got nine, <laughs> I got like you know about twenty degrees to go. You know, and uh, you know they they uh they they got there. You know, climbed to hit hit after they dumped plateau and got it up to one ninety six. I'm gonna take them out. You know, they'll keep cooking and stuff. But yeah, it's really nice. There's a science to uh, food preparation and the Super Bowl. You know, there really, really is. You, you know, most of the pregame stuff you can miss, but there are certain things that you want to watch. And so you, you got to make sure, you got to get lucky, really, about when you start the meal so you can see some of the pregame stuff. But you also want to, what, what, do, what do you say is the perfect time to have your food ready in terms of uh, minutes or, or hours before kickoff? What, what, what's your preference? Uh, snacking the whole way. <laughs> you know, like, like a series of, yeah, give me, give me it all, man. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> David asked if you've ever tried barbecue jelly sauce with ribs. Yeah, I, I was gonna, you know, I went when I went to do the, uh, uh, when I went to go pick up my meat, you know, I went, I went to Hy-Vee really early, mm-hmm. you know, in the morning. Like David, Hy-Vee is like everywhere. It's like a grocery store. It's like, what, what kind of, I, I, I don't know. If there's, there really isn't. It's like Mariano's, I guess, mm-hmm. but not quite as high class. But they have a nice little food court and stuff like that, Hyvie. So I go there and I'm like, I'm all like the case of baby back ribs is empty. I'm like, fuck. I'm gonna have to drive around somewhere and find baby back ribs because I waited too long, you know. Right. And uh, I go up to the butcher and I'm like, you guys got baby ribs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, give me like three all around the same size. You know, I could and take the the membrane off. You know that silver back. You take that thing off. You'll you know it'll be nice and tender and stuff. But. Oh, you know, and then I was like, all right, get some Kansas City dry rub, a little sweet and spicy, and then uh, a jalapeno jelly. I was gonna like do a little, put that in my paste, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, 10 bucks for a, jar, <laughs> a little jar of fucking jelly. I'm like, I couldn't justify the, you know, like, fuck it, I don't need it, you know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, the uh, the just the price of, of groceries is just out of control. Oh my gosh, it's fucking frightening. Yeah, it's like I got a little tiny bag, it was like 53 bucks. Oh, hell, man. All right, we've just been asked, uh, let's see if I can get this to work here because it's frozen on me. Oh, yeah. there it is. Um, we've just been asked, uh, a quick question from Adam if you guys had to choose for next season, where would you pick? to go for an away game last season. So here's the list of away yeah, games. Away games. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, do we have a list? Uh, All right. Of course, the NFC North games, Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota. I went to a Detroit game and a Green Bay game. Mm. Both were excellent experiences. Lam- Lambeau and Ford Field? Yes, I've been okay. to Lambeau four times now and Ford Field once. Great times. Minnesota, I'm dying to see First Bank mm-hmm. Stadium because a lot of people say that the Bears Stadium is going to be, be a so replica. Three hours, three hours from there. Exactly. So we should meet up there. Arizona, San Francisco, Houston, Indianapolis, and Washington, which it would be close for Dan Aguirre. What do you think? Which of those games, uh, outside the NFC North, uh, uh, Tooch, would you choose? Like Houston. I'd like to see Justin play CJ. 
Oh, you know, they got some great gosh. barbecue in Houston too. Man. Oh yeah. my gosh! Sean, yeah. Sean lives in Houston. I could meet up with Sean. Oh my gosh! That would be, that would be cool. Minnesota, Minnesota would probably be second. I like me. I love Minneapolis. Yeah. See, San Francisco, I wouldn't mind doing, but that's a whole week. I'm not going to fly in for a week yeah. to San Francisco. There's so many cool things to do. Expensive, yep. Yeah, and, and it's expensive. That is a fact. Yeah. Uh, Arizona would be fun. Washington yeah, would be, be fun. Yep. Yeah. And Indianapolis is a short drive for for me out of Chicago. That's probably a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Yeah, lots so, of free museums in D.C. Yeah. Um, I, I, man, any one of those road games would be fun. Adam, you tell me where to meet you. I'll be there, brother. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm actually thinking this upcoming NFL season. You know, we do a pregame, a postgame show. Are the Bears are playing in England, aren't they? Or yeah, they are. That right. counts as a home, a home game, but yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about maybe not doing the postgame show. That way, I can enjoy you know my time after the game or go to more games and have to worry yeah. about doing the show and stuff, and then doing you know postgame show on Monday morning and. Uh, so I, I, that's running through my head. So uh, I'd love to go to more games in 2024. Yeah, I'm. A, I've been trying to put together a Tooch draft show with uh, Jordan Silvera and Bear. Yeah, Lister. you told me that. Yes. Okay. I got a. I got. A, I have a shit ton of notes. I'd like to do. You know. And so I called Aaron Kern. I'm like, do you want to do it like on Sunday morning? Like, you know, mm -hmm. just do it like under the barfly tailgate. He's like, he's right. up for that too. If I can't. Good. Barrelissimo's got a lot of like stuff on his plate right now. Yeah, but man, I would love to have Berlissima because he's been, and he's picked some like incredible players that have like really worked out. Creed Love, Chris Jones, he was like, we Bears have to take Chris Jones. You know, now it's like, shit, the Bears, we got to sign him in free agency. We could have drafted him, but hey, yeah, you know, he had a first round grandma with Chris Jones. The Chiefs took him in the second round. Uh, he loved Cooper Cup. He thought Cooper Cup was the best wide receiver in that draft. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, like Cooper Cup's turned out that. Uh, He's injured last year, but man, before that, he was like, you know, number one wide receiver in the NFL. You know, yeah. uh, him and um, I don't know how uh, Berlisma felt about Puka, but yeah, we talked about some similar players. Yeah, he loved uh, Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. You know, Bears' uh, right tackle. He actually thought that that would be the guy the Bears would pick. Mm -hmm. You know, before uh, before they picked him, so he's been uh, his track record's been been pretty darn good. You know, uh, Aldo and I wanted Mahomes. <laughs> you know, it's like if you go back a little, I mean, like Justin Fields had better college tape than Mahomes. Like I was telling you in the beginning of the thing, like Mahomes, uh, his his footwork was absolutely terrible. He looked like looked terrible out there a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a lot of bad tape out there when he was at Texas Tech. But man, I saw him like uh, do that John Gruden quarterback school on video. Yes. I was like, he was such a, a a likable kid, and he was smart on the chalkboard. Right. And then when he was out there throwing the ball, you're like, you haven't seen arm talent like that. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, that's what people say about Caleb Williams. What I said at the time is that he reminds me of Brett Favre, a gunslinging yep. guy who's going to throw interceptions, who's going to make all sorts of mistakes, but there's magic behind them. And yep. those those are special yep. players. You, yep. you try to mask those imperfections with yep. good defense and a running game and blah, blah, blah. But he's yeah. a magical player, and I love That's him a great much comparison. more. It's a great yeah. comparison. Brett Favre and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can even uh, Aaron Rodgers was a lot like that too, because those guys like Mahomes, Rodgers, and Favre they mm -hmm. buy time in the pocket. Yep. You know, and that's what makes them. Uh, and then they have the arm to pull off the miraculous throw. Yep. You know, the arm strength. You know, to get it to the far hash. 
you know, yeah. or find the open man, buy enough time to find the open man, make that throw. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a guy when I was growing up that was like that was Fran Tarkenton, who said you just could, you could pass rush, could not get a hand on him. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy was like a weasel. You know, it's yeah. like he weaseled out of everything. You know, it's like, I don't know if you watched when you were a kid, Fran Tarkenton, but I me mean, like he frustrated the fuck out of Bears fans. Yep. You know, they're chasing him around like a chicken. Sure you fucking know? did. Yeah. yeah. And you know that that uh, Mr. Mam says Patrick Mahomes would have been a bust with the Bears. I I, I agree with that yeah, because it's hard here's to say the, no. But here's the thing with Mahomes, right? It, it was like yep. the perfect storm for him. He gets to sit a year behind yep. a uh, uh, a Pro Bowl quarterback, yep. Alex Smith. Yep, with he, great coaches. Exactly. He goes to a system that works with great coaches and great teachers. Yep. It was it was made to be. He would have come to Chicago Bears and would have been coached by Dow Loggins or somebody like that. I don't know. What do you think about what David says with the <laughs> – I do remember this. Mitch at the uh, at the chalkboard with uh, John Gruden. And yeah. uh, John, John Gruden had yeah. to teach him yeah. like a basic yeah. thing. I forgot yeah. what it was. Uh, it was uh, uh, the hard count. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he didn't know what a hard count was. He still, when he was on the Bears, he couldn't get away with the hard count. Everyone knew when he, he was always on two, you know? It was like with Mitch. Oh, it's like, God damn it. He, he always called, you know, hut, hut, and that was it, you know? It was always on two. I'm sorry, TTNL. I'm not yeah. trying to pick on you, but I'm supposed to be fucking excited about us drafting a guy who we have to teach what a hard count is, you know, yeah. and only 13 games as a starter. I'm yep. sorry. That's, I know why, that that's was... why Bears fans are going to be resistant to taking Drake May. You know, yeah. he wears the same fucking number as as uh, Mitch. He played twice as many games, though. Yeah, you know, you know has what, a, has a much better arm. The thing about Drake is, I started paying attention to him in his last three, four games, and I I caught you know I think two or three of them, and he just didn't play well in those games. So I'm yep. not that high on him, but I know yep. a lot of people are. So I have to pay pay closer attention to them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, then like some people say, Jaden Daniels is the the top uh, uh, play, play uh, top quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, uh, Jordan Severo, he loves JJ McCarthy. He does. JJ uh, uh, McCarthy. I like JJ McCarthy. I'd be fine if like the Bears like draft, but uh, he he makes good decisions with the ball. He's smart. Uh, but I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if he's. Uh, uh, the, the pure like arm talent that yeah. a guy like Caleb Williams is, you know? Well, and he, the thing is, you know, Jordan did a really nice job of breaking down his tape for the last draft on tap last week. And by yeah. the way, we don't have a draft on tap tomorrow because it's Valentine's day. So I'm going to try to get laid as opposed to too. talking to Danny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, the, the thing with JJ that worries me is, and, and Jordan says, you know, he comes ready with a pro style offense. Well, he fucking threw in some games. He threw the ball eight times. That's not running a fucking pro style offense. If you're gonna tell me a guy knows the pro style offense, tell me that he throws on average 25, 30 times out of that pro style offense. I'll start to feel a little better. Did was Harbaugh hiding his deficiencies as a passer, yeah, which uh, is why they were so run heavy, or is just because Har- Harbaugh was it was a conservative? So I, I I don't you know a conservative play call. I I well, don't know. I mean, Michigan could run the ball down the throats of any team they wanted to. That might be mm-hmm. part of it. They enforce their will with the run. Indeed. You know? And Blake Indeed. Corum and Donovan Edwards are fucking good running backs. 
You know, their mm-hmm. offensive line was excellent, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, so, but, so and, and if that's and, the case, you know, yeah, you got to lean on that strength. To you know, he, right. didn't, he didn't have receivers on Michigan. There's like – There's there's like one guy. Ro- uh, Roman Wilson. Roman, yeah. Roman Wilson, yeah. who Greg Gabriel says, like, really isn't that good. Mm-hmm. You know, their tight end was okay. I can't remember his name offhand. Uh, but he didn't he didn't have a lot of uh, uh, guys to throw to. But, you know, he, he still, you know, they won a national championship. That counts mm-hmm. for something. Yeah. You know, he Indeed. has a great record as a starter. If you like, uh, you want to say quarterbacks are, are the record is all they're, all mm-hmm. they're doing. You know, he yeah. has a great record as a starter. Yep. You know? And he, he, and he passes the leadership test with flying colors. Yep. Here's here's yep. a guy who says, I went through a uh, depression last year because I wanted to be Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. I wanted to play at that level. And I started to feel depressed when I wasn't playing at that level. So I sought help. And that's when he got into meditation and being centered and so forth. That oh. to, and now he's doing PSAs, oh, public shit. service he's announcements. Come here and be like Harbaugh and Tom Zach. You, know, <laughs> you know, I need a, I need a therapist. You know, football. What do they call the football psychologist or whatever? Yes, sports, yes. Sports, sports psychologist. Sports psychologist. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's what's missing with our quarterbacks. We need a fucking no. sports psychologist on staff. Yeah. Sports psychologist. Yeah, you know? maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, look, it, decision gate is like you know it, it's everything right now. It's like you know, I mean, by all accounts, polls could trade that pick and have a have a first round pick next year, the high first round pick. Now mm-hmm. the, the quarterback class isn't as good next year as it's going to be this year. We think mm-hmm. decision gate. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that bear's head with the eyeballs, like whenever someone makes a, a comp. A controversial comment in the chat room. We just flashed that bear's head. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'll work on that. I'm like, woo. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yeah, that was one thing I was like, I want to have the bear head, have the eyeballs popping out and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I did this graphic. Shit, Let but, me know if you need help with that. That's I'll, do, I'll, I'll whip it up for next time. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I but yeah, I mean, I, look, uh, like I said, the bears have have uh, uh, not a lot of picks. You said six, mm-hmm. right? We've got six right. picks. That's not a right. lot, man. No. It's not a lot. Um, and you have the thing that uh, people say with with uh, uh, Caleb Williams, you were talking about Brett Favre and Mahomes and stuff. Right. Those are guys that buy time in the pocket. Caleb Williams does that. That's what he does, man. He buys time in the pocket. He climbs the ladder. He avoids the pressure with a, a little move. And he has mm-hmm. the arm strength to do all that. But like you said, we don't. We don't know if he's a leader. Like right. we we know Justin Fields a leader. He's got a great arm too. But man, he just I, he, I don't know what whether it's the coaching or the stupid play calling or the bad play design. Man, yeah. there's there's some plays where like Luke Getzey had three wide receivers like all in one area. How it's so fucking easy to defend. Right. You just send three guys over there. It's just one little zone. You right. know, there's no clear out. There's no crossing. You know, there's no. Uh, that's the thing, man. It's just. Uh, uh, Hopefully, with Waldron, we've got some some better play design. But Tuch, Waldron- you, you and I know, and I think everyone in 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 the chat can relate to this. Is when you bring in somebody new into an organization, whether it's a sports team or someone at yep. work and so forth, and that yep. person now has the leadership role, and you cannot respond to that person's style of leadership, then yep. you've got a sinking ship, and that's a huge fear. I think should be for the Bears right now. They've got a leader in in Justin Fields who has yep. the respect of their number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. 
Moore, their number one tight end, Cole Komet, and everyone else on that offense. He's got their respect. Do you bring someone in who has, by all reports, has had questionable leadership skills? Yep. And so if you lose those players, because, hey, I don't like this Caleb guy. Why did we get rid of Justin? Yeah, we're we're back in that fucking spiral uh, uh, that you have so cleverly uh, designed. I'm looking for the graphic. Uh, <laughs> where yeah, the, is it? Uh, oh bears, my god! Uh, the the what do you call it? The bears uh, cycle. Uh, cycle. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I know it's here it? somewhere. Uh, oh gosh, there it is, right there. You found it. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the way you have it here is losing embarrassing fashion. Call for the coach to be fired. Beat up a bad team and coach keeps his job. Yeah. Well, the way you would describe it now is you draft yep. a new quarterback. Nobody likes him. Yeah. The coach, uh, the coach, uh, coach gets one year with him, the coaching staff. Right. Then they fire the coaching staff and then the, the, the new savior of quarterback, he's got to deal with new, new coaches. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's, that's where we're headed. If we draft uh freaking Caleb Williams, they tank and he refuses fired. If look, they went seven and 10 this, this year. If they go fucking four and 13, like Eberflus, seriously, they're going to consider firing Eberflus. No shit. You know, absolutely. For sure. Even if he goes six and 11, oh, they, might consider, they might consider firing him. He's gone. You know? There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Hey, I, before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on this because we talked about, you know, uh, draft value and so forth. You yeah. just mentioned it a little while ago. This is the Rich Hill. Rich Hill has taken yeah, yeah. Jerry uh, okay, Johnson. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen and, this. Well, and what I've done is I've taken all of the value points. The Bears only have six traffics, as you see in that far right column. Yep. But yep. because they're picking first and ninth and in the third round, you add up all their value points, it comes out to 1,513. Look at the third team on this. They got 1134, despite the fact they have With more than two picks. times. Yes. Yeah. And so I, my question to you, would you rather be the Arizona Cardinals with 13 picks or the Chicago Bears with six picks, but you're picking higher overall yeah. in terms of value? I probably would be, rather be where the Bears are because not only can you trade out of that first pick, but like I said, after after like the fifth round, there's like the, the draft is kind of dead. There's not a lot. Right. You, really have, you really have to fucking, you know, hunt. There's no, there's no good fifth, sixth. Sixth, seventh round. I mean, it's really thin back there. It's like a lot of guys, like, eh, I don't know. What they, could mm -hmm. they be good? Maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, one the rounds one through four are pretty fucking solid. Yep. You know, you can get good players in the fourth round in this draft. It's top heavy. I totally, totally yeah. agree. It's because it's a top heavy draft. I think the Bears are sitting in a great yeah. position. I really do. And. If they follow my advice and stick with Justin, then you trade the number one and you yep. get, you know, the eighth pick of the first round, uh, the whatever. Yeah. You're gonna th those value points might not might fall below the commanders, although oh, I sure. doubt it. I, yeah. I don't know. I could be maybe uh, not. Yeah, because that's like 300 points. Yeah, but uh, you will be better positioned to get the players needed to support your current quarterback, Justin Fields. Look, if you draft Caleb Williams, you're basically starting from scratch. Yeah, you're starting from scratch. You know, the locker room is a little less happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, if, you're, if you're serious about getting uh, – trading to 
from one to two. Mm-hmm. Now, Poles really has to drive that price up because, like Gabriel said, it's really not, you know, it's it's like, you it's want what you what, Yeah, it's one spot, and you're really only going to get like a third round pick or something. Right. I forgot right. what he said, third or fourth round pick, you know. Uh, so you, you want to be like, well, we really love Caleb Williams. You know, we're fine taking him at one, you know, mm-hmm. like two. Uh, if he gets uh, Washington's second and the, sec- uh, the, the second overall pick, and Washington, mm-hmm. the second round pick we gave the commanders for Montez Sweat, I'm in. Yes. You know, I'm in. Give me that pick back. In the Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yep. So let me ask you this. You know, last year where I was a little disappointed when the Bears, you know, made that trade for DJ Moore so early in the draft. It was in yep. March, two months uh, yep. before the actual draft. I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe you could have waited and you could yep. have made multiple trades and gotten more value. Now, I got no complaints where, where we ended up. You know, we got the number one overall this year and yeah. DJ Moore, not fucking bad. We still got yeah. Darnell right. But were you a little disappointed that they made the trade so early? At the time, yeah, because, you you know, you're thinking, you know, he could have gotten more, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, right. But uh, it turned out working out. Turned out, yeah. turned out work to work out. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, you just talked about the Washington uh, trade. If the Bears were to trade down to Washington and then on draft day make another trade, perhaps with Atlanta, you know, you go from two to eight and now you have the eighth and ninth and you've got uh, Atlanta's, you know, second round and first round from next year. That's an interesting scenario for me. Yeah, you're not taking you're not taking a quarterback at one or two. You could ideally trade from one to two and then from two to three. And right. probably you know get get the 49 or the the Patriots to trade up for Drake May, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, uh, you just at three you get your choice of like probably Marvin Harrison Jr. or mm-hmm. uh, uh, Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze yep, or uh, um, Joe Alt the left Joe Alt yeah from Notre what do you Dame. what do you think about that would you would you pick Joe Alt I saw a mock draft oh, where Joe Alt was the first it. pick. Yeah. Uh, by the Bears, our first pick of the first round. I, I, I would like, seriously think about it because, really? uh, like the that's a guy that you're like, okay, you're playing left tackle and you're good. Bears are good for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, at the left tackle spot, you know, because mm-hmm. he's going to be solid, if not Pro Bowl, at left tackle. A good, good player, man. Good oh, player. yeah, he's yep. really good. I, I, I will size, say this you know, size, footwork, athleticism, it's all there. He's he's not you know? a flawless player. No, and no. So nope. I, the idea of taking him, you know, uh, that high in the first round, I have a little yeah. bit of difficulty with that. Yeah. You know, a guy like Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, who is projected as a low first round, early yep. second round, I would rather have that because, yep. it's, again, it's just a value thing. Yep. Value yeah. sometimes is hard to explain, but you know, those of us who have played fantasy football, I, I think, have a better understanding of value yeah the other the penn state left tackle is gonna take you know he's a little raw too right you know uh right. so i mean like as far as like polish he's the most polished left tackle in the draft yes yes you know, but i don't uh, know man it's gonna be so it's gonna be fascinating i'll tell you that you know you can you can get away with braxton jones you know i mean like he's not gonna be the greatest but he's gonna give you time like mm-hmm. you said get the ball out you know but uh mm-hmm. I, I would say they 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 should draft, you know, like a center and a guard at least somewhere in there. That's All right. Why, that's why I think Pole's going to trade so he can get some uh, offensive linemen in the pipeline. 
Yep. I mean, I'm not sure our our, our depth on the O line is. You know, you saw it this year. It it's terrible. it's a problem. It's a big fucking big problem. problem. Uh, I agree with Adam here. Uh, Rome Odunze uh, seems like a team player and a perfect Robin to uh, DJ Moore. DJ Batman more. I agree. You know, I, I, I like the idea of the Bears getting that big wide receiver who is yeah. going to open up big breakout plays for running backs because of his good downfield blocking in yep. Rome has that strength, uh, that, that, that height and strength and weight to be Malik neighbors intrigues me tremendously because he's so much like DJ Moore. You'd have yeah. great yak wide receivers. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Rome, you know, Rome and, and Marvin are the two biggest uh, X-type receivers. Yeah. And th those are my preferences right now. Although if the Bears ended up with Malik Neighbors, man, I would be so fucking happy. That yep. would be awesome. He's probably the best. Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and Neighbors are the two best route runners in the draft. Mm. I've watched Rome Adunze. He's a good player. But, man, it's like as soon as he catches the ball, he's tackled or fall he falls down. You know, it's not like you get a lot of yak from mm -hmm. Rome, but uh, I mean, it doesn't take much to bring him down. That's just my only issue with him. He's fast. He's big. You know, he'll make the contest catch, you know, and he, you know, he, he, he uh, has a large catch radius as well, but man, I just, from, from a lot of my, all too often, he's just tackled immediately. Mm. You know, that's just my, my issue with him. I, Keon Coleman is a guy who's similar. Uh, maybe it makes some spectacular catches too. Drop some easy ones, but after the catch, man, dude is fucking shifting. He's big and he's like yak monster. You know, mm -hmm. he just doesn't have the the production that the other guys have, but could be really good, man. Yeah. J two K says that Jordan Morgan, uh, the the tackle that I like, will be a guard because he's got very short arms. And I'm looking at my possible yeah. readout from the senior. He's only six four. He's uh six, yeah, 60 47. So he's almost six five. Okay. Uh 32 78 with the arms. Yeah, that's a little bit under what you want. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh so thanks for that. And he G2K. has the knee injury too, but man, he can he really protects the blind side though, man. There's a guy mm -hmm. like you know, gets in position, uses his strength, you know, has good footwork and stuff too. And you're gonna get him, you know, end of the first round, you know, top of the second round, probably, unless mm -hmm. someone unless his injury doesn't check out at the combine. But Exactly. That's the key. Yep. That's the key. Mr. Shorty just joined us yep. again. He goes, awesome. You guys are still here. We're uh, here. Mr. We were Shorty's waiting for been, you. He has a new job or something? Uh, he does. He yep. came to Chicago area for two weeks of training, and I think wow. he started the new job uh, this week. Chicago if I, area. No shit. Yeah. Hanging out. He's, Did he get his truck caught under any loads? Yeah, yeah, no. Shorty. Fill us <laughs> in on what's the latest with your truck. Is this truck okay? <laughs> yeah. And, and I got I got an announcement from Mr. Shorty. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Shorty gifted me with a beautiful, beautiful gift certificate mm. to Gibson Steakhouse, which my wife and I will be enjoying Valentine's as Day. our Valentine's Day dinner. Yeah. We'll be sending Unreal. pictures, Mr. Shorty, and doing a toast to you. So uh, uh, he's Mr. Shorty says I have been doing it for four and a half weeks. So he started the job four and a half weeks ago. Nice. But you did two weeks of training, if I remember correctly. You telling me, and so that's why you were in the Chicago area. But either way, we'll be toasting you and uh, taking pictures of you and and begging that you piss on our lawn. They, they showed show Mr. Shorty how to turn on the computer. <laughs> please, 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 Mr. Shorty, come back to my house and piss on our lawn again. <laughs> 
<laughs> these meals are going to be great. I think, uh, you know, when we came to the, the, the was it recently you had the party, you know, yeah. at your house for the bar room. And uh, I had written down the number, like one number off. So it was like, a, a, I, don't, I forgot to say, is yours an even or odd number address? Uh, it's odd. Odd. Okay. So I had written down the next or previous or after. Uh, okay. Uh, like 715 even. or seven. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, and I was okay. an even number. And gotcha. like, I'm on the other side of the street. I'm like, there's no fucking uh, house here. Then I think I, I saw somebody, you know, on your doorstep. It was probably Mr. Shorty taking a leak. I'm like, there's the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody out there smoking marijuana. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it was uh, like Foster coming out and going back. Yeah, Foster. Yeah. Was it Foster? No, yeah, it was Foster. I think I, yeah. I remember the story. So we had Foster a great or. Someone else was like coming in and going out, you know. Yeah, that was that was the best party I hosted awesome. in. I can't many, find many that years. bottle of whiskey too. I brought for you again. I'm trying oh. to find that one. The Foundry it was like part yes. rye, bourbon, and double aged. That, yeah, was, that was so, so good, so smooth. And, and Cliff brought a great bottle of tequila. I've been trying to find that with no Man. luck at all. But uh, don't worry, I got. Yeah, my I, uh, I wanted to tell you about a movie too before we get out of here. I'd watched okay. recently that kind of stuck with me. I'd never heard of it before, but uh, it's uh, I think the guy's name is like Sean Baker's the director. He does these okay. like kind of like real life type movies, uh-huh. and uh, it's called The Florida Project, and okay. it's about these uh, like William De- Willem Dafoe. He usually uses unknown actors like regular people, and mm-hmm. then he usually has like one maybe good actor, and it's Willem Dafoe. He plays this lovable uh, motel manager outside of Disney World in Florida, mm-hmm. and like all the people that are live at like transients that live at this motel. Like what? There's a little girl and her mom's like a fuck up, you know, drug abuser, uh, thief, uh, sometimes tur- sometimes prostitutes. <laughs> and she's got a cute little six-year-old girl, man, that like, you know, they're getting into trouble. Her and all the other kids, they get into trouble. They walk out. On the- they're always by themselves, like six years old. Maybe they're fucking going out, you know, walking around the motel, crossing the street, all this stuff. And uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's got like a heart of gold. He's always like trying to bail them out and stuff. And uh, uh, the, uh, the the little girl, you know, just she's she's just so funny too. And the the mom is such an F. Florida pot project, yeah, J two K. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to. My wife was watching. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. I was like, it really sticks with you, you know. Man, I, I've like, seen it on well, Netflix. Yeah. I've, okay. I've scrolled past it, but yeah. now that you are recommending yeah. it, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Yeah, you know, I mean, Willem Dafoe is in it, and he's just like, he's just a heart of gold, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it kind of stuck with me, man. I'm just like, I, I think I've been thinking about it, you know, a little bit and stuff. Some of the characters and stuff. I you love know, movies these, like that that just yeah. stick with you. You keep you thinking feel about. Sorry them. for the people. Some of them are like, why the look, look mm-hmm. at the man? Why the hell did they do that? You know, or why would they say that? Shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like you gotta go stick with stuff. You know, don't say that or don't do mm-hmm. that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. She tries to like they're selling those wristbands for. Uh, the music park, you know, for the okay. theme park, Disney, you know? right? Yeah, Disney D- theme park, Disney. whatever. They're, and like, they probably don't work. You know, they're just ripping people off. Four hundred bucks, ah! you know. <laughs> <Stuff> <laughs> <up. Yeah. laughs> Mr. Shorty is a fan of True Detective, and yeah, indeed, Jodie Foster has oh, killed she does, it. Man. No, it's like she, what, she's what, like a little horn dog, man. That's yeah, like, I love it's it. funny because she's like, you know, she's she's after all the guys, she's a lesbian in real life, right? You know? Yeah, it's like she plays a horn dog pretty well, man. 
She really like, sells those sex scenes, yeah. no doubt about it. Yep. And, you know, the other thing about her is that I give so much credit was with in this age where, like, every fucking person in front of a camera, except me and Tooch, are doing Botox or plastic surgery and stuff. <laughs> She's just laying it all out there. She all of the wrinkles. She looks fantastic. She looks fabulous. God yeah. bless her for not getting all that plastic work done. It's an authentic look, and it's as sexy as ever. Uh, Zach says it looks worn out from all the rug munchie. For you, fucker. I love yeah. you, Zach. With the uh, you know, true, true detective, like, like they did drop these bombs on us. Like, okay, like. Navarro, uh, her and Jodie Foster, uh, Danvers and Navarro covered up the Wheeler murder. We think that, like, you know, Navarro probably lost it and fucking blew. And, and Liz, Liz, Liz covers up for a lot of people. Let's just, mm -hmm. yes, you know, she, she, does. To she tolerates Hank, who, you know, now we find out he was promised the chief of police. And instead, you know, I forget what's the, what's uh, Christopher Eccleston's, he was the former chief of police. You know, yes. And he moved on to a bigger position. In right. law enforcement, and he, you know, he they they exiled uh, Danvers to Ennis right. as, the, as the chief of police and stuff. And then mm -hmm. the the lady who runs the mine had something to do with Annie Kotalk, you yeah. know. That, so he dropped a bunch of bombs on us, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Hank, you know, Hank was somehow involved in moving. He moved. He admitted he moved Annie's body right from the cave, yes. from exactly. the cave, the storage container. You know, yep. where Navarro found the body in the storage container. Yeah. Uh, to moving the body. And then uh, uh, with uh, he broke into Peter's computer, right? Right. To find, to find out, to get the dirt on Danvers Indeed. and Navarro. Figured out the password because it's his daughter's yeah. birthday. Right, I know. And like, uh, Jody Fox's like, it wasn't, what was it, Darwin's birthday? Yes. Uh, like, oh. <laughs> she, she's so but, good. Yeah. Um, We've got a uh, who was it? Notorious says a uh, great movie I recently watched was Dinner in America. Have you seen that? that? My wife was talking about it. She wanted to watch it, or maybe she watched it without me. Here's the description. It's uh, it an Academy Award, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, it, uh, it's been a know. it's been a big hit in the uh, film festivals, and and the the tagline on it is an on-the-land punk rocker and a young woman obsessed oh, okay. with his band unexpectedly, unexpectedly fall in love and go on an epic journey together through America's decaying Midwestern suburbs. Also, they're going by my house, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, check it out, Notorious. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. Uh, somebody else uh, said something about a movie that they liked. It wasn't uh, Zach because he's still fixated and Jody Foster's uh <laughs> oh Mr. Shorty uh just watched Killer of the Flower Moon uh I have not seen it yet I have not I still haven't made it through it I, I fell asleep every every attempt you know sorry uh Martin sorry Marty I haven't made it through <laughs> that, I just can't I'm like I'm not into it you know I'm like yeah. for, uh De Niro and, and DiCaprio they're horrible people yeah. you know the Indian In the people movie. are so nice you know, mm -hmm. you just like you love the Indian people and they're just they do terrible things to them. The white people are terrible people. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that that wasn't how it was in Oklahoma back then. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. But I mean, I, I just didn't get into it. The people are horrible characters. Yeah. You know, it's so hard yeah. to get through it. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to give it a try, but I'm just waiting. Yep. Uh, it's on Apple now, isn't it? Is it? I think so. Yeah, I think it's I on think Apple. So. Yep. So it's time to watch I, it. I started rewatching House of the Dragon because I think that's. Not this Sunday, but the Sunday after season two starts, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, that'll take the place of True Detective, that slot. 
Yes. Right. It yes. takes the, it takes the place of the of, uh, true detective in that slot. Exactly. So I, I uh, rewatching. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh man, it's a good thing I started rewatching this again, so I can know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, it helps if you rewatch uh, rewatch that one too. And they announced that the uh, season premiere of The Bear is uh, yeah. going to be this summer. So I start. I'm... I started watching it already. The season two is there. Season oh, three, right? Yeah. So season, season three okay. in I June. Started watching yes. season two. Yes. Uh, which I missed, you know, I haven't, I, I, I'm like three episodes into season two, which I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Isn't it know? good? Oh, it's so good. It's so, so fucking good. good. Yeah. Highly recommend it. the bear. I wasn't going to watch yeah. it. In fact, uh, yeah. about halfway through season one, I was getting a little bit tired of all the yeah. bickering that was going on with the characters. And I said, yeah. you know, Tooch really recommended this so highly. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to finish it. So after a couple of days, I went back on the bench it's and good. I was it's a very so Chicago movie. Yes. Know? And it's I'm so telling you, I, I choked up like a fucking baby at, at each of the season one and season two finales. I'm crying like a yep. fucking baby, man. And, uh, 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 I'm only, in, I'm only in episode three, but, uh, does uh, uh, Carmi's brother make an appearance in season two? Like, I know it's played by John Bernthal, who I love. That episode is actually twice the length okay. of all of the other episodes. It is a fucking fantastic episode, and that's yeah. the episode Jamie Lee Curtis also makes okay. her debut in the series. And Bob Odenkirk is like her. Yes! Boyfriend. Oh my right. gosh, he's so good. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the comedian, what's his name? The comedian, uh, Mulvaney? Uh, John Mulvaney, yeah. Yes, John, he's John in, Mulaney. John Mulaney. Mulaney, yeah. yes. He's in it too. That's a great fucking episode, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's great. Jodie Foster was in Elysium. Elysium, that's right. a great movie. Yeah. A great movie. Yeah. I like Matt the way Damon. the fabric gets pulled with the horizontal yeah. wrinkles. It's like, yeah. it's sick, man. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, they're trying to turn the restaurant into a fine dining <laughs> you know, uh, 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 Carmi wants to do a little higher end. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been uh, this season's been like, uh, uh, Sydney's about you have a Michelin star. He's like, No, I retained the previous <laughs> chef's Michelin star, you know. <laughs> but I think now he wants to get his own, you know. Yes, ex- you know, exactly. Definitely after the after the Michelin star. And then you got exactly. all, Oliver Platt is great, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Uncle my Jimmy, gosh. Uncle Jimmy. Yes. I've always loved Oliver Platt in movies. Yeah, what good. a great supporting cast. He's not a leading yeah. man. He's just a supporting character. He's <laughs> did you awesome. see did you see year one? Mm-mm. Oh man. Okay. You know who Harold Ramis is? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, he wrote and directed year one. And it's like Jack Black and Michael Cera. Mm-hmm. Like two two really funny motherfuckers. No shit. They're, they're uh they're like cavemen. And then they, you know, they leave their oh, they I leave their, their tribe or whatever, and they like you know they they eat from the uh the the garden of eden to the apple you know and they leave and they experience all the bible old testament mm-hmm. shit you know like uh uh, uh the two uh, Cain and Abel are Paul Rudd and David Cross you know it's like it's got a great cast man it's so funny dude and then Oliver Platt pays this like gay like uh high priest like uh, uh fortune teller and he's so he's, you won't even recognize him man he's all made up I stuff. love it. He's, he's in love with Michael Cera, you know, and the mm-hmm. things he says is he does this great voice and stuff. Man. Yeah, Harold Ramis, he was uh, the uh, writer of Caddyshack. Him and yeah, uh, that's Ryan right. Doyle Murray wrote Caddyshack. But mm-hmm. Year One is hilarious. And, uh, yeah. What's his name? Harold Ramis is in the movie. I think he plays like uh, Isaac or Abraham, one of them, you know, one of the fathers okay. of, of the Judea tribes, you know, whatever. Right. But yeah, it's so funny. They go on at year. 
the Romans and the Egyptians and stuff. They're traveling through it. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, I think uh, I can't remember who else. It's got a great cast, though. There's tons of like. Uh, I, I remember the movie, so yeah. I will definitely. It's one that got away from me. I will definitely check it out. Um, <laughs> Harold Ramis, uh, Harold directed Caddyshack. That is correct. And yep. also, was it, he was in the what was the, the name of the movie with Bill Murray and him? They they uh, uh, stripes. Stripes, yeah, comedy, <laughs> classic. Classic. comedy, comedy classic. classic. Yep, absolutely. With the great absolutely. Warren Oates, Sergeant, <laughs> Sergeant Holka. That's Sergeant right. Holka. <laughs> That's right. And uh, PJ Souls, who was a scream queen in so many horror yeah. movies, yep. and uh, very Young. sexy and sh and the sexy, very beautiful Sean, Sean Young. Yeah. What was the so name hot. of the movie that she did with Kevin Costner, where they have sex in the back of a limo? <laughs> uh. With with uh, two, who was it? Kevin Costner and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean no, Young. No way out. No way out. No way. Oh, yeah. great movie. Great so movie. Gotta so see it. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Shorty's on a Casey's General Store pizza. I had some the other day, man. I had to get one. I was a little peckish. I went for a slice of pepperoni. Yeah, and a diet Sprite. Sprite Zero. <laughs> yeah. They, do they have? They don't have Casey's yet in Arlington Heights. Probably not yet. No, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one. They got great pizza. And it's like. Uh, there's Papa John's and Domino's. Mm -hmm. Those are the top two pizza retailers in the U.S. And Casey's is number three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Little Iowa, Little Iowa company now is big mm -hmm. nationwide. Look at that! Wow, yeah. pretty cool. Yep. Harold yeah, Amos I, was Seth Rogen's father and knocked up, according to Mr. Mayhem. I have okay, right, uh, a recollection of that. That's he, uh, he what? passed away though, right? Yes, Amos about two or three away. years ago. Yes, unfortunately. I haven't tried their thin, new thin crust yet. I like them a classic. They have mm -hmm. a breakfast pizza too. That's really awesome with like scrambled eggs, cheese, and mm -hmm. like white sauce and sausage or bacon. Excellent. Nice. Madeline Stowe is one sexy actress. She is one of my favorites mm. too. She was in a movie with Chevy oh, yeah. Chase called Funny Farm or something like that. Funny they, Farm. Yep. Yeah, an out of place couple city uh, moves out into the farm and chases the comedy lead on that. But she just looks so sexy in that. Mr. Shorty, he's, he might make a delivery on your front doorstep a different kind <laughs> this time. <laughs> ah, that's good. Leave me don't, don't go buy all those after that case. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, unless you want to send me a, uh, some Portillo's uh, Italian beef. <laughs> they had a, a Portillo's over by you, not on uh, Dundee oh, yeah. Road. Yeah, Dundee Road, yeah, there's one over there. There's like, you know, three or four of them within like, a, I would say, a five-mile radius. And it's cool because each of them has its own theme inside. What do you think inside. of Portillo's? Oh, I, I like it, but it's yeah. not as good as it yeah. used to be when the original Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I, I still, I, like I turned, my wife did like Portillo's. I mean, I tried the beef and cheddar croissant, babe, mm -hmm. with sweet peppers. It's like a croissant, mm -hmm. like lightly dipped with yeah, Italian yeah. beef, cheddar, yeah. and sweet peppers. Oh, yeah. So good. See, the the best for me, uh, the best Italian beef uh, yeah. anywhere around here is Johnny's. Yeah, there's, Elmwood there's, Park. Yes, there's yeah. one in Elmwood Park and there's one in Arlington yeah. Heights. Uh, is it still uh, open? The one in Arlington Heights? Is yes, it is. I was there about Arlington Heights Road. Yes, uh, I was okay. there about uh, two months ago, maybe a month ago. And, and right. Excellent. Oh my gosh, I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, Woo! Johnny's is good. Yep, and uh, Mr. Beef always pretty good uh, on Orleans downtown. Mm -hmm. Al, Al's is good too. It's hard to decide between those two down. They're very similar. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I cannot tell the difference between an Al's either. and a Mr. Beef. Yep. Absolutely.
No. All right, guys. It is time for us to pull the plug on this episode of what the, what's the name of the show? Oh, Bear Their Souls. Yeah. <laughs> what a blast. And I if was... you have not <laughs> seen or heard Tucci's Bear's uh, State of Affairs, you really need to do that. You know what? I need to start isolating those and putting those up on separate. separately. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. So let me make a, a point of that. Uh, tomorrow before yeah. I before I get laid. Yeah, we got a, <laughs> a Friday weekend sports betting tips. Uh, Anthony and Sean are going to transition to college basketball. Okay. So, uh, man, that's last, what that's so where Sean, the money is made, right? Sean, Sean and I, I think all all four of us gave out winners. Four Excellent. four no four no from the last show. I had uh, um, Troy minus four and a half at home. Uh, Sean gave out the dog of the day, which is Rutgers. But they won outright at home versus Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Anthony gave out that prop pick, you know, that we like, the the uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you guys listened and played, they made, made some good money last weekend, man. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Every uh, Friday night yep. at uh, 7, 7 p.m. p.m. Central, yep. 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah. Sean was getting into it with some of the Caleb Williams fans, though, on uh, – of the last show, he was like, oh, you know, love it. Why would you get rid of Justin Fields? Yeah, it's like, you know, he's like, he, he like he thinks Justin Fields will make the next step, you know. Yeah, for him. I, he's like, I, don't I waste agree. the pick, get, get more picks, you know. I gotta agree, but I got I'm also uh, you know increasingly getting more and more nervous about the whole situation. Yeah. I re, you know, this is such a difficult decision for Ryan Pulse. But he's got the resources to, you know, uh, bear security is looking into this guy's background and everybody, yep. everybody else's background. Hopefully, they make the right decision yeah. and not do fuck you, what this do you up. Think, I don't know. I mean, have you watched any uh, uh, Caleb Williams games or films or? Not, not enough to make a really informed decision. I, uh, I said earlier in the show. I think I saw two or three games, and two of them were losses. You yeah. know, because I didn't really, I don't recall seeing him in 2022. So the two games in 2023 was the Notre Dame game yep. and the game where he's crying on his mom's shoulder. Those are the games that I watched. Uh, yeah. I uh, can and, understand why you don't have the best impression. Yeah, <laughs> no? right. Like, That's not <laughs> not great. Uh, so, but I do want to take some time to watch some of those games, and I will do that soon, so I can hopefully talk more intelligently about that. And by the way. Uh, oh. did, did I tell you that I love this woman? I love her. Too. You, you saw the notebook, right? Did you see the notebook? You know what? I haven't seen it since You've this. Never release. seen it. Oh my god! Uh, I need to watch it again. Dude, but have a have a box of Kleenex nearby so you can. Yeah, you know, see, it's so bittersweet. It's just like it's happy, it's sad, it's life affirming. You know, it's like yeah, she's so cute. Ryan Gosling's and he's he's a good actor. Too, he's man. a great actor, no doubt yeah. about it. Yep. Here's the thing with that movie is that because my wife and my two daughters so Nicholas were, Sparks, right? The yeah, Nicholas yeah, Sparks, Nicholas exactly. Sparks. Because they were watching that movie almost daily. Yeah. All I did was make fun of them. You guys, you should watch, <laughs> you know, you should watch something else like the news or something. I, I, of I, that's one of the movies that made, made me cry. You know, yeah. there's some that made me cry. This movie, when a movie can make me cry, I know that it's it's a good movie. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like, you, you haven't seen Coda, right? Yeah, there was the children, nope. child, children of deaf adults. Nope, that was yet. the best one, best picture that made me cry. Yeah, so it has a great ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of those movies where they just have the you know, yes, the happy ending. You know, yeah. 
boom, I gotcha. you know, they get it. Yeah, it's like well, uh, every once in a while, I like to watch it. You know, one of those movies that tug at your heartstrings. You know, because you know you need a good cry. Even yeah. us men need a good cry every yeah. once in a while. It's like taking a shower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you got to see uh, both both Coda and uh, Notebook. I mean. You yeah, have to see it. Maybe. I will. I will put those on the list. Dakota, I've been uh, dying to watch. Yeah, it's so. excellent, man. It's so funny too. It's like the family's hilarious, man. Oh, you know what I watched <laughs> recently that I've been dying to watch? I think you recommended it. It was a Midsummer. A Midsummer. Oh my god. Uh, oh my gosh. Dude, what, what a, a great freak film. out. Yeah, it's yes. excellent. Yeah, Ari Aster. Yeah. Yes. A, it, it's a horror movie. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. it is. It's, man, no it's thought like, about it. It's like uh, worse than The Wicker Man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yes, the same vein of story, but man, the yeah. the the people jumping off the cliff—that I'll never forget that scene. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> unbelievable. That uh, one of my favorite scenes is when they drop the mushrooms, and yeah. you know, if you're paying close attention, the background is moving oh, with special killer. effects and so forth. I read an so article killer. afterwards that the filmmaker, what's his name again? The, the uh, Ari Aster. Ari Austin said they had to do 20 different variations of oh, that because shit. they would they would think that okay it's it's taking up too much of people's attention. Oh, this isn't you know it's not noticeable at all. And so they to find the right wow. you know uh, uh exact uh, uh movement in the background to give that hallucinatory feel, yeah. they just had to do it over. It's a fabulous, what, fabulous oh, movie. It's, it's so intense, man. And yes. what's that, the girl's name? Like uh that's the star. Pew, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, yes. Florence Pugh, yeah. She's gone on to make a bunch of movies since then. Yes, movie. she I'm, has. Like, I'm like, uh, when I, I remember uh, talking with my wife, we were watching the movie together back when it first came out in video. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. like, they get, they, she's wearing these like totally unflattering jogging pants. <laughs> I and know. I'm just like, she looks like she's got poopy pants, babe. <laughs> you know? I kept telling her. I know. I, I'm thinking to myself, man, she's kind of hot, but why she's is she hot, wearing these baggy shorts? The costume director didn't do her any favors, man. No. Telling, it was like... No. Yeah, and she's she's a real cutie. And yeah, it, she's it's great just, it too. it's she's one great. of these movies where after you're done, it's going to, like uh, Toot oh, said man. earlier about another movie, it's going to have you thinking about oh. it for days. And there's many different ways to interpret yep. what are its thematic yep elements you know are they talking about this or are you talking about that and so forth so i highly recommend it it yep. is on hulu uh david thank you very much it's on hulu uh, right now yeah okay yeah tucha tell people where they can find you on that social media thing we call x yeah john, at john santucci vip i haven't given i haven't been keeping up with my stuff i've been so busy like i said mm -hmm. I, had, I had the super bowl magazine but luckily about nine o'clock i was like nine you know nine nine thirty i was like okay i'm not working all night the chiefs uh, the 49ers lost so I had the 49ers. I was, I'm working during the game. I brought my laptop over to my buddy's house. I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right, got first quarter, second quarter stories done. You know, then like uh, they didn't they didn't send uh, third quarter and fourth quarter yet. But, that you know, then I went to overtime. They were like, OK, hold on. We're writing the overtime uh, pages through now. And then it was like, you know, okay, yeah, 49ers are up three. And then it was like up. Oh, as soon as the Chiefs drove all the way down on the third yard line, I was a three yard line. I'm like, all right, I. It's over. My home's gonna. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're getting a touchdown here. Yeah, you know, I'm not working. So. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that must have been hilarious for you, just yeah. or or not hilarious, but frustrating. It's like and holy then, did, fuck. Did you guys didn't talk commercials, right? Because I, I like one commercial I really liked. It was the Christopher no. Wal 
the Christopher Walken one. Oh, I love that down, one. Down the street. It's like everybody's doing an imitation, man. It was fucking yes. hilarious, too. It was yes. so I was laughing. That was the best one for me. You know what? We should yeah. talk about that next week. <laughs> you know, I should pull some of the really good ones. That yeah. I love that commercial. It was so and, funny, dude. Everybody, I, even the lady walking her dog. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I tweeted out that. Uh, because I've accustomed myself to fast forwarding uh, commercials yeah. or, or not paying attention. There weren't that many that caught my attention. I right. was doing other things, but that Christopher Walken one and a couple awesome. of others were yep. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger state, state farm was good. Yeah, that was with, good. Uh, Danny DeVito and him. Uh, yeah. Ben Affleck, J Lo, right. uh, and, Matt Damon and Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom was Brady. That was the dun good. The dunking kings or dunkings or something Dunking like that, I, donuts yeah yeah dunking donuts yeah that was funny too yeah those was about the good. best ones other than that it really wasn't that great you know yeah it seems like the last few movies. years the commercial quality or, or creativity i should say and, uh, ushers, ushers dance moves were fantastic yeah you know i'm like good. i was like watching i'm like man i wish i could dance like that oh, <laughs> you know it was like it wasn't like tick Dancing class when I was growing up wasn't a thing we did. You know, we were no. lucky if we got square dancing class at gym and PE, you know, square yeah. dancing, you know, line dancing, country line dancing and square dancing. That was all we did. Yeah. You know, my wife's like, man, we we would took dancing all through school, you know, from like grade school through high school. We did like all different kinds of dance. You know, I, 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 you know but, I, I, that pisses me off. I wish yeah. we would have had that here in the me States. Too. It's I, like I, something I, you do for the rest of your life. You, you know, how you go to like a, a wedding and uh, uh, there's like 90 year old people dancing in love, you know, like mm -hmm. an old couple, you know, dancing still, you know, uh, old married couple dancing. I was like, you know, gets me right there, yep. you know, and I'm like, uh, uh, love, uh, it's just something if you don't learn it, you know, it's something if you did, it's something you do the, your whole life. Exactly. That's why my girls are going to be, they, they've taken that, tried to sign them up for dance class wherever. Yeah, awesome. So that's that's great. I, you know, growing up uh, uh, as a Puerto Rican, you know, there was a lot of salsa dancing around yeah. me, and I could never master salsa dancing. Yep. And it was such a detriment. Everybody was fucking except me because I was the guy standing <laughs> on the wall talking yeah. to some other nerd who couldn't dance either. Yeah, yeah. same with me. Yep. <laughs> you and me were done on set. Everybody's getting laid. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Bear the Souls. Thank you, Johnny Santucci, for yep. another great Bears State of Affairs and for talking football uh, yeah. with me for the last uh, hour and a half. We're going to have plenty of material up until we oh, got the combine. We got uh, free agency. We got the draft. Yep. Rumors. You, we got yep. plenty of stuff to cover, and we will do it here on Bear the Souls and the entire Barrow Network. For Johnny Santucci, for Dan Aguirre, and for everyone in the chat room, thank you for so much for being a part of the show. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.